three, four. Right? How about three, your fucking workers, Epic? How about that? From I don't the know if people can hear you over the, over the music. <laughs> from the, oh, sorry. Did you... Um, I thought you said go, do the intro. I did say go, but then I also couldn't get to the music to turn it down. All right. Uh, well... <laughs> you, you, yeah, but how about you free your workers from the endless crunch you subject them to, Epic? Free Fortnite. Point. Fucking hell. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with that. Uh, <laughs> they also, I also, also realised there that they couldn't hear me during that. So you cool. going, I thought you could, I thought you said go, uh, and me going, nice. yeah, you should Ama- go. Amazing technical technical ability on this first live from Wembley Stadium episode <laughs> of the Nerd and Geek podcast. Welcome to the Nerd and Geek podcast. Live from our bedrooms, it's the Nerd and Geek podcast with your host, Cal Delty. Quite and also everybody's friend, the... Scott Hunter. Hi, quite wanted to keep up the fiction that we were um, in Wembley. Doing I mean, a, the picture of you I've got on stream show. has a big crowd behind you. Yeah. Uh, you could be in Wembley. Uh, it's very clear from the stream that I'm in my I'm in my study. Cool. <laughs> there's there's no way I've got a okay. I, let's keep up the fiction. I've got a um, makeshift study built in Wembley Stadium to add to the to the aesthetic of of it all. Uh, that's that's what's go, what's going on here. Uh, we we thought it would be fun to do a live no another geek podcast, and by we thought it'd be fun, I basically double booked my streaming section with the podcast and I thought why not do both at the same time and now we're streaming while doing the podcast what a world we live in mm. I've just discovered a, a hole in my shorts oh no but, but sorry I'm all my good shorts all my good clothes are in the wash today I'm uh, I'm not going out so it's fine but I'm wearing an old pair of shorts and I've discovered I've got a hole in them okay <laughs> my shorts have no hole in them which is which is good uh just mm, no no food stains either nice Classic really two two functional men before yep, you. Yeah, that's right us. Here. That's us. I also have my clothes in the wash because uh, I have to wear work clothes again now. Uh, Damn, back you're in going the office, they've, they've decided. Uh, you, but for the for a while, they've said, "Hey, stay in dress, stay in dress down. It's fine. It doesn't matter." But then I guess there was a, a, a line where we crossed where they were like, "Hey, maybe it's time to get back in office wear again now." <laughs> and you're like. Does that matter? Does office wear matter? I mean, we've spent four months, six months now, mm-hmm. how, like five months. I don't know how long it's been. Uh, time has no meaning anymore. Uh, five months in in dress down. What, what what does what is going back into office wear do for us? And the answer is wear office wear. Just like it. That's the answer for every business, though, isn't it? It's like literally oh. just do it because we want you to. Did you want to talk about that epic stuff then? I've got it well, on the actually, news. Doc- I was going to ask you before. Um, now you brought it up. How long do you think like wearing a shirt and tie in the office will persist? Do you think when our generation are like, when when like the boomers die off, do you think our generation will just be like, just wear whatever you want, mate? It's fine. Potentially, you- I mean, you see, with all like startups, right? So like like new tech mm-hmm. startups, yeah, they tend to be wear what you want, sort of actually, because there's young people running them, right? So I guess. I think it depends because for every big corporation that has always done, or like big company that has always done workwear, I think as younger people move up into the upper management, they're going to keep that going because that's all they know, right? Like it, mm. it comes down to sort of like again a lack of imagination and being able to think outside of like. But also, should we, like, like, what difference com- is it going to make? Companies frequently want to like control you. Right? It's another method of control. 
but actually is that what it is like what, what so what is the actual reasoning so, for so why it's like wear? i think it's like tradition mixed with like it's just they just want to control your behavior like i don't i think i don't think it's like as consciously nefarious as that but i think a lot of people like people just don't think to change it well it's like um alan was it alan sugar making the argument about why people should return to work and the, his argument was basically uh moving to the office is important part of sort of getting you ready for work it shows you that you're going to be in work and you're meant to be doing work stuff and like get, going to the office and traveling to the office is like an important part of that and obviously it's not true like that that, that is just like nonsense and, it, and it, 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 that does come down to sort of like a level of control of we want to force you to move into the mm. office so you do like work stuff for us um I don't know. What do you What do you think? I, I, well, I think there is, and I don't think Alan Sugar was making this argument, but I think there is like a socialist <laughs> argument for this, uh, in this in within a capitalist economy. Because um, one thing I've heard described, like you get these startups where it's like you can wear casual clothes, and uh, we've got mouthwash and razors in the bathrooms, and there are hammocks. Don't put razors in the, in the bathrooms. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. And, there are, and you get these places that are like, and we've got hammocks in the workplace, and all this stuff that's like, there's no reason for you to ever leave. You can live at work, and there's no reason for you ever to leave the workplace, because we've got all these amenities. And um, I kind and of see that. slide for you to get down to your car. Yeah, exactly. I've seen like the, that described as the like, domestication of the workplace so like okay. employers are intentionally like blurring the lines between home and work so that you don't it's easier to make you work like long and unreasonable hours because it's right. like there's no reason why you should ever have to go home so you may as well just stay here and work right uh, it's, it's the same thing of like when they say like the work is your like you oh, we're like a family environment yeah, here, exactly. so they can like because yeah. they can request more things from you without yeah. needing to like yeah you, you end up feeling guilty boundaries. for like yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, I do appreciate on one level, like I'm wearing like a certain type of clothes and you have to go into an office and then you leave at the end of the day. But I think that can build in your mind a healthy barrier between like yeah. your work and your home. And when you're at, like and there's a real di a marked difference between them. So I yeah. think there is an argument for being like, I mean, that can help you like maintain your consciousness of like, I've got this is work and I should only I should treat it as work. On the yeah, other I hand, there's also just companies wanting to control people and like just like micromanage employees' behaviour. Yeah, it's I suppose it's hard to see which what what it is. Right? Like uh, which, what, which one what, it is. What point what poison do I pick? Do I pick <laughs> being physically comfortable but also like mentally blurred? Or do I pick yeah. Yeah. Oh, whatever. It's like it's like I've I've hated working from home because it is hard to then switch off yeah. from work. Like I've not yeah. done any streaming really at all, other than when we've played Halo over the time while I was working from home because I didn't want to just sit at the same computer that I've been working mm. at all week. So you're you know, back in became... the office, is what you're telling me. I'm back and in the office, and you're back in your office where. Yes, that's right. So I'm back in the office. I'm back, which also means the streams have started up again, and that's why I could do things like this, uh, which I feel pretty good about. I'm is your, what's your office? At least air conditioned. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So my, this week for me has been an air-conditioned dream uh, where I've not felt too hot while while working, which is great, which is the opposite of how you've been, from what I understand. Oh, fuck. It's been so hot. It's been really warm. I hate the heat. Uh, I hate wanted, heat. I've been stuck inside because I'm still staying inside. I just want to, yeah, I can't work in the heat. I feel awful. No, it's been horrible. What have you been doing to try and sort of like counteract that uh just like sitting like trying to do as little as possible basically 
<laughs> just like sitting down like like literally what else can i do is that sense of like i can't do anything but just sit down and wait for this to pass it's like super yeah. hot i don't i can't i get a headache in the heat i can't do anything i don't feel like doing anything i've just literally got to wait for this to pass sounds like hell yeah basically uh, it's like lay, lay, I, I, lay down and I die. know it yeah it's 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 been it's not even like i can really go out or i can like go to somewhere of air conditioning or something yeah you just so. stuck working in your in your in your home you're stuck you working in the longer hours no no that's ended a little okay. while ago i'm about part-time okay. uh my my part-time job and um researching haven't re- haven't bloody researched for last week because fuck <laughs> it's warm uh but it's cooled down yeah. a bit now so hopefully get back onto that and yeah so uh, the good thing is my part-time job i work in the morning where it's not as warm so i can like get in my do that, get I, out i'm sure i've mentioned this before but when i was working from home um when i was in the like in the morning the sun shines on my study so it was really hot in there in the morning where I was working. And then when I finish work, the sun's shining on my living room. And so I go to the living room and the sun is really hot in there and you're just like, I can't escape it. I can't escape uh, it. So I'm stuck you're in you're heat, like east and west facing. Uh, yeah, exactly. See, see my, yeah. Bed- my bedroom is um, west facing, which means it's cool in the morning, but it's hot in the evening. I think I'd rather it be hot in the morning. Yeah, me too. But in, but, in that scenario, because otherwise you're, you're, you're stuck there during the night. Well, the forecast hot. is fairly cool for the next two weeks, and hopefully we've had our last heat wave <laughs> before autumn, Halloween. I'm getting in the mood. And that's Scott with the weather or the life. Yeah, Nerd exactly. Hi. <laughs> Let's throw it yeah, over I, to the I'm audience. Ready. <laughs> I'm ready for autumn. I, I'm so done with the summer it's it gets worse every year because of something something's causing it to get worse but i don't know what that is scott do you have any idea what's causing the heat to get um, worse yeah i'm sure it's complete coincidence yeah it's probably a coincidence probably probably nothing uh, it's probably not something we need to look into i mean every year we get a worse and worse heat wave and people talk about how great it is because it, oh it's like england's like england's like majorca and um let's not let's not look into it any further than that or question about whether this is maybe a bad thing. Let's just enjoy the sun and the heat while we're while we're here uh, before the world sets on fire. How 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 have you been? Otherwise, what have you been doing? Do, wait, do, so I've completely ignored the fact that you did an intro of Epic Games. Yeah. You, do you, you want to talk, talk? Do you want to talk about that now? Or yeah. Because I've got go, it in the news. Or do you well, want to do I was, it now? I'll take a shot. We can do it now if you want. Screw okay, because that's, that is like the big news of this week, right? Let's 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 talk about that as one of the big things. It's drama. Of this week. It's epic. It is drama. Google, Apple, three mega corporations battle it out to see who will have a monopoly. Whoever wins, <laughs> we lose. Uh, I'm I'm not looking as quite as cynically as you are, but I, I'll, I'll let you have your Scott rant. Let me let me give, let me give the context. Then we'll have a Scott rant, which which we love on this podcast. I love a little Scott rant. And then I'll give the um, the. Not, I was about to say level-headed view, but I don't think that's fair no. to you to say that. Uh, <laughs> no, fuck off! <laughs> Tell you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'll give the uh, the. I'll I'll, I'll I'll try and think big picture about. We'll, we'll it. have a row um, about it, shall we? Yeah, let's have a let's have a row about it. You don't know what uh, I'm going to so, say. I've I've got an idea what you're going to say. Uh, so, <laughs> Epic Games. I'm reading from Eurogamer now, as you can see on the on the stream. If you're watching, I've got what I've done with the stream, Scott, is I've got the news article that I'm reading from up on the stream itself, so oh, nice. viewers can read along if they want to. So if you're a right, so you're a right wing YouTuber. Yes, yeah, right. That's, that's what they do. 
make make yeah. sure to read it sentence by sentence and reply to every sentence. Okay, yeah, we'll do it. Okay, so Epic Games has added a new direct payment option to Fortnite on... This is the original story. Epic Games has added a new direct payment option to Fortnite on iPhone and Android devices aimed at cutting out the portion of proceeds that Apple and Google take via their own official stores. So, for those who don't know, Apple and Google take a 30% pay cut. Oh, that's in the next sentence. Okay, I, won't, I don't need to do that. You're, you're doing it. You're literally doing it. I know, it. I was, I was jo- I was, that was a joke. That was a joke. Uh, that was a joke. Uh, uh. Epic has long railed against Apple and Google's 30% cut and previously launched Fortnite on Android via, via its own launcher to get around the issue. The launch of a new cheaper direct payment option in game seems to be Epic's latest salvo in its ongoing battle. On both mobile platforms, £9.99 of in-game currency will now cost £7.99 if you pick the option to pay Epic directly. Uh, Epic said that Apple and Google collect an exorbitant 30% fee on all payments. Uh, and if Apple and Google lower their fees on payments, Epic will pass along the savings to players. In response to that, um, Apple then immediately removed Epic from their from iOS, and Google did the same thing. Uh, basically, they they've said, "Oh, Epic have broken the rules of our of our, of our system. You're circumventing the the Apple and Google payment payment methods, so we're removing removing you from the store." Uh, Epic then were prepared for this as they immediately launched, they immediately filed legal papers, papers, legal papers against Apple. And also, (laughs) this is where it gets ridiculous, uh, they published a short film called 1980 Fortnite. Which they uh, blasted into Fortnite itself. Which they blasted into Fortnite. So I logged into Fortnite yesterday, and it it does show up when you first log into the game. You can skip it, but to skip it, it's it's a ten second. You've got to hold the B button down for ten seconds. Mm. Uh, it's not just a quick skip button. I'm gonna show the I'm gonna show the video on the um, stream now as well. It's a, it's a parody of the Apple advert from 1984, I think it was. Uh, where Apple were sort of fighting back against tech corporations like IBM and stuff. Uh, this is now Epic fighting back against Apple. It shows like a woman running towards an Apple, chucking her hammer at it, and then smashing the screen. Uh, <laughs> and comes up with the text, Epic Games has defied the App Store monopoly. In retaliation, Apple is blocking Fortnite from a billion devices. Join the fight to stop 2020 from becoming 1984. Which is maybe a bit hashtag free Fortnite, which is maybe a bit tone deaf considering what's actually happening in the world right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so Epic have done that. They've, they've posted, posted that short film. Basically, with that being on the opening of Fortnite, encouraging Fortnite players to rise up and defend Fortnite against the, uh, the, 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 the villains of Apple and Google. Uh, <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? It's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous thing because Epic is a massive corporation, Apple's a massive corporation, Google's a massive corporation. Talk to me about it, Scott. Uh, yeah, so you've got three companies here. Uh, I'm not, to be clear, I'm not standing, standing, as the kids say, uh, defending Apple or Google. Uh, obviously, they are billion-dollar corporations, probably multi-billion-dollar, uh, that both enjoy closed ecosystems on their respective smartphone manufacturers right 
You, there's yep. no competition on iPhone. You've got to go to the Apple Store if you want your apps. Same with Google Play, etc. Uh, but also, Epic is also a multi-billion-dollar corporation, yep. super corporation, and I think it's a bit rich for Epic to be raiding against monopolies when they're trying to create their own little monopoly on video game distribution. Right? Last year, they were buying up all the exclusives they could for the Epic Game Store in order to starve yep. the competition. Bit, bit rich. Epic, bit rich, so, isn't it? I agree. I agree with you there. I mean, I, I, I saw them sort of getting exclusives to try and build up their store to actually be able to give competition to Steam. Yeah, but that, this is the like the point, isn't it? Because the way a cap- capitalism is meant to work, the free market yeah. is meant to work, is that companies have to. Uh, compete with each other so there'll be competitor products and you've got to make your product better than your competitors in order to get your market share but it turns out that if you just how if you start out with money you can yes you can you can you can compete uh in air quotes compete by just making other products worse you can buy up exclusives so that you say i've got these games steam hasn't you're not getting market share because the epic game store is a, a better shop you're, or even or even because it offers a cheaper price you're literally getting a, a bigger market share because you've used your money that you started out with to make sure that you've got products which your competitors don't have so That's is true. that really yeah. competition i mean i guess in the strictest definition of the word that is competition but it's not competition in a way that benefits uh consumers as is meant to happen in the free market it's just competition what? that um that benefits the people at the top what's funny is that they've actually done some things that could be seen as consumer beneficial competition like when they do their sales for example they give you a 10 pound off voucher to on top of the sales price for you to use of anything over 15 pounds and then every time you use that voucher you can then use it again and i know that encourages spending but it's sort of better than steam sales i mean steam came quite big as well because of the sales that they offered right like the the, the, the steam sales were legendary and have since now since then sort of become a bit more muted i guess um so like things like that you could see as actual like competition moves but not actually but anyway my I'm, yeah this isn't about the epic game store so much as it's a bit rich no you're right so I, I think i find it very disingenuous i mean i would do for any massive corporation right uh, i don't believe for a moment epic games is interested in competition or um benefit to the end user although that may coincide with their desire to like make more money but uh, I find it a bit rich that Epic is talking about competition, anti-competitive practices, when they clearly want to like create their own little monopoly on games distribution, and you know they it, it serves their own interest, doesn't it? So it it's does why serve I their say, interest. Yeah. Whoever wins, we all lose because Apple and Google <laughs> both have their little monopolies, and whatever they take a cut, and that's probably bad. Thirty percent is a pretty big cut. Um, but, yeah, because so but ultimately that, but that with also this. A, Go ahead. Go ahead. Epic are right. Like like they they are right to sort of like say that um Apple's thirty percent cuts of anything that's spent on the App Store is wrong. Right? Like that's that's not a fair market for consumer but ultimately that thirty percent rather than corporations sort of like um handling that themselves and just taking the hit on that, it gets pushed back on consumers by increased prices, right? Well and Epic are I, correct I, on I, that. I don't... We can get into like running costs or whatever. I'm sure Apple makes lots of money from the App Store. Uh, but I think the point is like, there's no Apple can set whatever rate they want because they're 
phone brands is popular and there's no competition, yeah. right? But this this isn't Epic introducing competition. Or maybe within no. their, their own game, but like there's no alternative app store where you can get apps on iPhone but what, but without what going said through is, Apple. What they've said is, if Apple lower the lower their fees. Epic will, will basically give that back to consumers with, with lower fees, as they have done already. So one, the, what, what kicked this off is Epic has, across all platforms, lowered the cost of V-Bucks uh, by about 30%. But by the um, way, by the way, V-Bucks is a, uh, yes. a digital currency <laughs> entirely invented yeah. by Epic Games, uh, which they set the price for, right? There's, yeah, no, that's right? there's no cost to manufacture V-Bucks. They are digital <laughs> values. So Epic is entirely sets the price for this digital currency, which can only be used in the Fortnite store. Just, just to know. Yep. So it's yep, not like right. it's not like Epic is like importing <laughs> V bucks from mines no. and wherever, and they're incurring a cost to do this. It is literally they're charging you real money for their digital currency that they set the price for and just make the value in your account go up. You know what, Scott? You've got the level hardware argument here because I hadn't actually considered it. From that <laughs> yes, <perspective>. exactly. <laughs> and, that, and that's by I'm the so... way. By the way, that is what these kinds of economies are designed to do. That is specifically why yeah. uh, these yeah. games um, make you buy uh, fictional currency, like proprietary currency, I guess, first, uh, and then uh, have have you exchange like that currency for items in the game. It's to obfuscate this, so you think, oh, uh, $7 for a 1,000 V-Bucks, that's a good deal. Completely ignoring the fact that V-Bucks <laughs> exist as a function of the game itself. <laughs> they're not real. <laughs> yeah, they're fun they're bucks. Real. They're, exactly. uh, they're, home, they're Homer going to Itchy and Scratchy land and um, buying all the Itchy and Scratchy dollars and then going like spending loads of money on it because they're fun. And then yes. when he gets in the so, park, he can't actually use them because they're not real value. Yeah. So Epic could set whatever rate they want for V-Bucks. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, but whatever rate they do set, Apple gets a 30% cut of it. Yeah. Um, this is perhaps interesting. It's like a legal battle, but I don't, I can't bring myself to care who wins in this battle between the massive corporations. The thing is, so there is, I do care who wins in this because regardless of like... Uh, you want to play Epic Fortnite on your phone? <laughs> I don't play Fortnite on my phone. I play it on the Switch, which is also still the mobile platform. But still, uh, the the winners of this or the benefactors of this, on top of Epic, who I think will win this, will win this argument um, because they've sort of very much shown Apple to be the villain in this. Uh, indie but developers do, but does also Apple win care, from right? This. Does Apple? I think care? so. I I think they would. Fortnite is mean, Epic... one of the biggest games in the world. Epic... I, I I imagine Apple get a big chunk of money from from that. Yeah, Epic can like. Mm like Marshall they're mostly young and in prep can we talk also yeah. Epic yeah, are trying bad, to stir bad. up they're mostly very young yeah. teenagers and children very impressionable fan base to yeah. go basically encouraging them to harass Apple um, I don't really feel yeah, sorry absolutely. for people no, contacting yeah. massive corporations but they are basically wielding their fan base as a weapon <laughs> to try so, and like clock up Apple with complaints and so on so why I see this ultimately potentially being a good thing if Epic win is because indie, indie developers, if, if Apple lower the value, like the, the 30% value as a whole, indie developers then get money from that as well. Is that like, what they the, are the, demanding? Are they only demanding it for Fortnite or are they demanding it across the board? That's not clear, is it? No. Yeah. I, I, well, the thing is, with a legal battle, that sets, pre that's, uh, sets precedent. So if, if Epic win this legal battle... That means that Apple basically have to do that for everyone because if anyone else does a legal battle, then you've got legal precedent already there that then Apple then have to follow. 
it's the same. It's the same reason that Nintendo go over go after um, small uh, fan games of their property because if they don't do so, then there's a legal precedent for other people, for like bigger people, to just do fan games of the of the, of the properties because you have to. Do that. Uh, so once there's a legal precedent there, you uh, it becomes a lot easier for people like indie developers. Yeah, to then I, d- I don't make really the know if. If Epic will win the legal battle, they might be able to pressure Apple into like giving yeah. in or work out a deal. I don't know if they'll win in court. Like we've been here before. Like Microsoft yeah. in the 90s was um up in court for anti-competitive practices. And literally, um the court, the United States like court, uh can't I can't name which court it was, but um they were, you know, in like a high-level court for um anti-competitive practices regarding like internet browsers and so on and hidden apis in microsoft stuff um basically basically microsoft um windows 98 had a bunch of hidden code in it apis which would make programs run better but only like microsoft programmers knew about it so microsoft word would run better than competitive packages because the um the third party developers for other like competing word processors just didn't know this code existed to make it run better uh but right. basically they went they, they went to court for this and but literally the american like monopolies commission was like well this is kind of a monopoly but we're just not gonna break you up because for some reason literally it's um the Monopoly yeah. Commission just kind of slept at the wheel and didn't break up Microsoft, even though they, Microsoft did indeed at that time and hold like a monopoly, basically a monopoly on like operating systems and so on. So I don't really see if they would, um, what action they can take as Apple at this point, other than to maybe like find them some paltry amount that Apple won't care about. Yeah, that's true. If Epic Games did win this though, then that's when it becomes a benefit for like actual people developers and yeah like if the court finds it to be that's not the goal that's not the goal of epic here like i i agree with you fully that this is mostly nonsense right this is mostly big corporations doing bullshit to one another like i fully agree with that i'm just trying to look for some sort of like what benefit it could bring to other people and that's that's sort of where i've honed in on here it's like maybe there's a a benefit for like indie, indie developers Free Fortnite is, a, is bollocks, though. I've seen, I've seen a number of games people tweeting hashtag Free Fortnite, and I've blocked them <laughs> immediately. Yeah. I, just, I don't know. I don't care how big you are. If you're if you're tweeting hashtag Free Fortnite, you're you're a massive dick. Yeah. Um. They'll probably come um to some kind of deal like under like outside of court. To be fair, well, the same Apple- way they did with with Amazon and things, right? Cuz on Amazon you don't have to use Apple Bucks to buy things. Yes, you can exactly. use the Apple, Amazon App Store directly yeah, on, it, on your exactly. iPhone and Google. Yep. Android. Yep. Although I suppose we'll see what happens there. Although, so the, the the Amazon example is quite interesting because you can you, you can buy stuff from the Amazon store, uh but um you there's no integrated like Amazon Prime app, you cannot buy. You can only buy things from inside the Amazon Store app. You cannot buy things from inside the Amazon like movie watching app. So oh, that, can you I think not? No, you cannot. So you must. You have to buy it on the Amazon Store first, and then go to the Amazon Prime app to watch it. And I'm sure oh, that is a function of whatever yeah. deal they worked out with Amazon. Shit, probably. Um, so That's I don't really know what deal I'll come to. I'd be interested in reading that stuff about it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure Apple and Google can afford to like outweigh Epic. Let's have a look. Epic Games net worth. Uh, completely unscientific. Uh, look at Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> Epic Games. Don't forget to list your sources. 
Okay, at, oh, terms of acquisition, estimated to be worth. Um, Wait, what so are you looking up now? I'm just looking at like the, the worth of Epic Games. Uh, so what is Fortnite's net worth? What's Epic Games? Um, so they, they got like a $15 billion evaluation uh, recently in April, although I don't know. It's somewhere between like $10 and $15 billion for Epic is what I'm saying. And Apple okay. valuation, like you can kind of see um, what was Apple valued at as a corporation. Yeah, Apple's like a trillion dollar company. I mean, that's significantly different. Yeah, so like if you think as big as Epic is, Apple and Google can definitely afford to wait this out. They can definitely strong up. In this this scenario of billionaires, Epic is the underdog. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I know they're billionaires, but when you compare them to trillionaires, you're like, hang on a second, they're bullying poor Epic. Anyway, my point is, like, I don't know how this will resolve. I don't know if a court will really decide anything because they haven't... The Monopolies Commission in America has kind of been pretty weak for a while. Like, especially since, like, Microsoft, yeah. the Microsoft decision, they've not done that much with regards to, like, tech corporations. Um, especially because, like, Apple and... The, this state of affairs has existed for a while, right? Um, yeah. And and you have the whole, like, Apple planned obsolescence thing as well a while ago that they didn't really get pulled up on. They had to like oh, make some change. They had to like introduce some changes to their battery app, didn't they? They had to give you a more realistic idea of how your battery was performing. But there not much really happened with regards to like punishing the company. Um and yeah, I think with regards to like a, an out of court deal, like as we as we can see from like the valuations of the companies, Apple and Google can definitely afford to wait out Epic. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see. But, well, but, but Scott, can their um, customer service teams afford to wait on Epic? <laughs> if you have legions of ten-year-olds calling them up or tweeting them and saying <laughs> "Free Fortnite," we'll you're anyone... doing 1984 to Fortnite, and then they're like, "What's a 1984?" I don't know, but Fortnite. <laughs> Has any fourteen-year-old like smashed their phone yet to about take that Apple <laughs> <laughs> and then gone to play? For... Oh, I can't play Fortnite anymore. Oh, damn. <laughs> I anyway, don't know. Maybe. So it's Epic versus Apple and Google. Whoever wins, we all lose. Unless but. maybe it goes all right with legal battles, and then when uh, maybe we'll do all right. I, w- I d- do we lose though? Uh, yeah, in we the don't long gain run, anything. Because... Yeah, we definitely don't gain anything. <laughs> sure. uh, sometimes unless, that's all. You unless can you're someone for. who already buys V Bucks, then you're getting a discount on V Bucks. That's your gain there. Uh, but also, it's imaginary discount of imaginary money. You've helped open my mind today, Scott. Yeah, I take back what I take back what I said. Pretty sure that's not the first time this podcast I've pointed out to you these digital currencies, like they're not real. <laughs> they're just. I will forget again within a, a week. Digital valuation. We can have this yeah. argument again in a few weeks, a cool. few months' time. <laughs> All right. So we 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 really front loaded that on the podcast, but um, yeah, you talk asked to me about how I was. what you've been what you've been doing, what you've been playing, and stuff. Let's, what I've been let's... doing. So in the heat, I've come. I've I've been painting a little bit. Um, I've played. Uh, Blasphemous got a big update. The Blasphemous was Blasphemous my game of 2019. It was definitely it was. part of my it list. Was. Okay, yep. nice. Uh, it got a big update. It got a big update uh, with some extra stuff, new game plus, uh, pen- like extra difficulty modes, um, some new NPCs. It's cool. Got me back into playing Blasphemous again. Still hard. Uh, still playing. Uh, yeah, that, that's a, that's a real good game. I'm getting up a picture of Blasphemous. Yeah, so interestingly, new still. intro cutscene. I was not quite anticipating that was weird. A new intro cut. Scene. So what's what's new? To, well, first of all, remind the audience what Blasphemous is. Blasphemous and also tell me is what, a tell me what's new. 
uh, 2D kind of Metroidvania slash Souls like like game. Like I guess like it's like a Metroidvania uh, with an emphasis on kind of melee combat uh, with a dark very it's not shy about hiding about um, the Dark Souls influence. It's very Soulsy in tone uh, in terms of um, you know it's the kind of thing you die you go back to a not bonfire but a thing. Uh, you don't um, lose <laughs> your yeah, you kill things, you gain experience to level up. You don't lose your experience when you die. You lose, like, another thing. You you get a bigger cap on, like, your... Not magic, but, like, spiritual energy. Faith. Because it's a game okay. all, with a massive uh, Spanish Catholic aesthetic. So you play yes. the penitent one. Uh, it's like a land like that's, like, very Spanish analogue where, like, a plague has come... Uh, and all these monsters are about, you know, that kind of thing. And, yeah, you play the penitent one, uh, a warrior um, who has a big conical hat filled with blood uh, because you're doing Catholic-style penitence and you're... Does, uh, he, Catholic, so does, he, does he put more blood into it? Uh, he, when you kill the first like little boss in the game, you see he, he drains the boss of blood and fills his cone head with it and then puts it on. That's does the cone you... ever say the word dunce on it? No, it doesn't. Because it looks like a um, dunce hat. Anyway, it's a really good uh, Metroidvania type game. It's more Metroidvania in the sense that you will gain like movement powers that will better enable you to traverse the map. Uh, right. So it's a real mix of those things. Uh, really great. One of my it was my favorite game of 2019. Wonderful game. I love the aesthetic. Uh, and yeah, excellent. Really enjoyed it. So what and new stuff? What, what's so the new stuff? They've got a new game plus mode. Uh, we're oh, okay. complete with additional difficulty stuff, so you can take on penitences, which is um, you know additional di- additional restrictions that make it more difficult in return for um, stuff. Uh, new some new NPCs. There is a new intro cutscene, which gives oh, cool. I guess a bit more like background to um, to what's going on. Um, I think it makes the plot a little bit more clear that there's like a plague and stuff has happened. Okay. Uh, okay. There's a few new NPCs. Um, with a chance to buy, uh, like there's some other stuff you can do with your character without going too specific. I I didn't complete it the first time, so I'm actually trying to recomplete it now, and it's hard, hard game. <laughs> How and far also, are you from the end? I'm like I think I'm two thirds away through. I'm like on the okay. final act, uh, and yeah, a lot of cool, um, just stuff to kind of bring you back from from bring you back to the game. Is um, I wasn't anticipating such a big content update like a year after release. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's really cool. And what was that one other thing that they added? Um, oh, and you can there's now you can play the game entirely in Spanish. They have a Spanish uh, setting for a game that has Brilliant. such a such a with Spanish subtitles, right? with subtitles. Yeah, okay. But for cool. a so game like that a has such language. a that has such a like Spanish mood, a Spanish setting, you could now play it in Spanish. Oh, and weirdly enough, even in and some of the English voice acting, they've re-recorded dialogue for a few bits. Oh right, so, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, I wonder what led them to that's do that. famous update. I'm actually going to look it up because I think they removed uh, Blasphemous update. Get big free update. Are you saying they removed the original English line? Yeah. This is censorship. <laughs> new game plus updated voice acting, including a full Spanish language option, a new optional three penitent system, new storylines, NPCs, bosses, and enemies, and areas to discover. A new storylines uh, as well. Yeah, okay. so there's some new bits as well. Oh, and also a complete um, revamp map as well. Revamp map system with more fast travel locations. Yeah, they they redesigned the map screen as well to make it so just they've easier. basically taken on a lot of like uh, the feedback from yeah the players and gone. You know what? You're right. This would make it better, and then just made it yeah. better. 
Yep, some new items, some new animations, a few level art reworks. Uh, so it was a pretty big um, content update. Did it go on sale along with that content update as indie uh, games often I, tend to I, do? I, I do not know because I owned it already. So okay. I did not look to see if it was on sale. <laughs> Might be worth looking at at some point. Might be worth. Blasphemous, really great. I would heartily recommend. And now is a great time to jump in. Is your 2019 game of the year going to end up your 2020 yeah. game of the year? Uh, well, like not much has come out really. Um, but I will warn the, the listener, some pretty um, gory imagery in that game. Not for a yeah, fake there is. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's uh, I maybe like very little has come out this year that I've enjoyed. That's true. So. I do feel like you're playing less things this year, and that's not that's not a yeah. slight on you or anything. Like that's just <laughs> it's just like the nature of things coming out that interest mm. you. Um, and I'm playing a lot of stuff, but that's that's what are you? What have you be been anyway. playing? Tell me about uh, it. Oh, I sent you. A, I've put it on the list so I wouldn't forget the things I've been playing. But now I've not got. The I list can up. see it. Uh, you can't okay. see it. T- give me, give me one of the games. You've been playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Horizon Zero Dawn. That's right. I have been playing Horizon. I Zero always Dawn. thought this looked right fun. It is. You know what? Okay, so I'm going to get up a picture of Horizon Zero Dawn for the for the stream. What this is going to do is create a very weird podcast, right? Like, where you listen to it, and there's just little breaks in our conversation where I quickly get up a, an That's image. That's your choice, not mine. That is my choice. So apologies to those uh, who are listening, but, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure you're fine. Horizon Zero Dawn is a game, an open-world game that originally came out for the PS4. Uh, it came out at pretty much the exact same time as Breath of the Wild. So that was like my direct comparison of it. And so I was very focused in on Breath of the Wild and had no interest in playing Horizon Zero Dawn. And now since then, it has been brought across to the PC, interestingly. So even though this is a Sony first-party game made by um, Guerrilla Games, who are a Sony first-party studio, they've brought it across to PC. It's out on Steam and the Epic Store. I think it's about £35. I mean, it's like um, two years after its original release, right? So, Yeah, but this would be like Nintendo bringing across a Mario game to PC two years after I release. I think that'd be quite reasonable. Hmm. I guess Maybe. it's not in character, but it's it seems reasonable no, enough to me. Uh, I think there's different arguments to be made about why Nintendo don't do that and why Sony might do that here. Um, I'm not sure. But anyway, I've been giving it a go and it's it's... You know what? I've I've given it a lot of shit, bit like we're having not played it, of just being like another of the one of those open world games. You know, like the Ubisoft style uh, towers, go explore around, do some quests, sort of by the numbers open world games. And it's very much, it definitely has those aspects of like going to a tower, opening up new areas of the map to see what you've got to do there. Like it's not as open as Breath of the Wild is, say. But the actual gameplay systems within it are super super good like this is a game that feels so great to play i'm playing it on pc i've got 60 frames per second it's it just feels the controls are tight it, it so it's basically like an open world monster hunter at times so you you have these these giant it's set in the future where civilization has been wiped out and now there's you've just got these pocket tribes that are rising back up again um, and you also have these robotic creatures that uh, explore the landscape. And the idea is that like, throughout your quests and things, you have to hunt down some of these creatures. And some of them are like little dinosaur-like creatures, which only take a few hits to take out, and that's fine. But some of them are these big, uh, almost T-Rex-sized creatures, which you actually have to use your wits and thoughts to actually 
fight and uh, take them out. And it's um, you've got traps and things you can set up. And one scenario that I really enjoyed that like re- that really made me think, oh shit, I love this game. This is a really good game. Was I managed to lure a a creature to this sort of like ruined castle area. And what I did is I set up traps around every exit of the castle. So I could set up these 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 trip trip wires, electric wires. Where went with, if something walked over them, it would shock them into place and then it enabled me to get some attacks in so it tripped one of these trip wires on its way in and i got some attacks in and it's like oh shit i gotta get out of here i'm really injured so it starts limping off like they're doing monster hunter and in 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 its terms of limping off it walked for another one allowed me to sort of like get the final hits and then defeat it it was just those those moments where i was like i thought ahead here and i've handled this monster my own way in an open world environment, picking the area I want to fight it in, that just felt so, so good. There's there's lots of ways you could approach these creatures and, and and how you want to fight them. Like the quests are all linear. The quests always have the same objectives and things, but how you actually deal with the creatures that you're fighting is really good. Also, it's beautiful, uh, really gorgeous looking game, especially on PC. We can up up the graphics and things, but from what I understand, is even on the PS4, it looks really damn mm. good like the texture work I, on I, the clothes I was and quite things. intrigued by this one maybe i should give it a go i think you should i think you've how much if is you, it it's 35 pounds on steam so maybe wait for a sale if you don't want to spend that much on a game that you're just intrigued by it's also got some technical issues right now on pc where uh there are some frame rate issues and some like graphics issues at times also it will crash about every hour every couple of hours or so i'm not getting that many crashes but then i am seeing a few of them like i think it's crashed like six times on me which is a shame, but thankfully the save points are frequent, so it's um, it's not too mm. bad. But it's 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 good. It has in, got in, interesting. I have got a problem with the storytelling. In that it's a really good story. It's a really interesting story. It's about it's about uh, womanhood and motherhood, and like so basically these tribes all worship something called the All Mother, and the idea is that everyone was born from the All Mother, and like you were, you you play a girl called Aloy who was found in the womb of the mountain. So lo- lots of mother motherly imagery, yeah, lots of, like sort of strong. It's got so, it's got some themes. This game hasn't it? Yeah, it's got some themes. <laughs> lots of strong feminist uprising undertones. Like all the leaders of the of the clan are like women and stuff. And I was like, I wonder who wrote this. And it was written, directed, and produced by men. And I'm just sort of like, ah, I will just feel. I'm glad the story's mm. being told, but it feels weird not being written by women. Like, did they not have any women writers who maybe wanted to tackle this story? Yeah, you know, did they not want to give those like? It it feels like uh, very strong undercurrents of just just. I'm a male feminist. I'm going to write this story. You know, uh, do you want to give a woman the story? No, nah, I've got the ideas. I've got it. I've got... I asked. <laughs> I talked to some women about it, and last sure. they thought about mothers, and they gave me this information. So I think I'm good. You know, it's um, it's good. I just wish it wasn't written by yeah. men. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it just I know feels what a bit, you mean. It just feels a bit weird. You know, like it's also, it's obviously good that this story is being told, and yet it still feels weird about where it's coming from. Mm. Oh, yeah, it would have been nice to if it was written by an actual woman, or directed uh, by a woman, just, or Joan produced a by a woman. Reckoning what a woman might feel. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's just strange. Well, um, Ashley Birch, I'm, though, I'm looking. At, yeah, Ashley Birch has a Aloy. really terrific choice. Uh, really, really, really good acting as Aloy. So it's it's got that good there. Uh, the voice acting is supposedly it's all fully voice acted. So every side quest is fully voice acted, and uh, to the point where every side quest feels meaningful in some way. 
I know a lot of them are just sort of like, go collect these things from these monsters, but the fact that his voice acted gives some sort of um, heaviness to the to the to the side quest mm. that you're doing. It, it, it feels like you're actually doing a side quest for a person as opposed to some text box saying, "Go collect five more skins," you know. Uh, so to the point where I am doing every side quest, usually with these with these big games, certainly with the rate I go through games, I tend to just mainline the main story. But here, I enjoy playing it so much. And I enjoy exploring and I enjoy like talking to people so much that I'm doing every side quest that I come across, which I think is probably the biggest uh, compliment I can give this game because I don't usually do that. The only other game of recent times where I've done every side quest I've come across is Final Fantasy fourteen, and that's an MMO where you're meant to do those sort of things. So, you know, big compliments to Horizon Zero Dawn. I'm really looking forward to playing more of it. And maybe you'll pick it up as well at some point. Maybe. So maybe I'll probably do it in a sale. Get it yeah. below... Get it below twenty quid, and I'll pick it up. Yeah, I think I know you hate it, but if if you wait for like Epic Store, Epic Games like next sale, never get gonna ten pound off. Never gonna, no, it's never gonna happen. But you'd get ten pounds off. Uh, otherwise, maybe Steam will have a good sale on it uh, later on this year. We'll see. Probably around Christmas time. What else have I been playing, Scott? Well, <laughs> you've you been game. playing Snake. It says here. Okay, Snake. yeah. Let's talk about Snake. Uh, I got rid of my phone. This, oh yeah, this you did, didn't you? Uh, so I no longer have a smartphone. I have a Nokia, an old, so not an old. It came out in 2019, but a small Nokia that I don't. Is it the Nokia it is, like reissue of their like old design? It's not the reissue of the 3310. No, I just got a like a 310 thing. I don't, I don't know what it's called actually, but it cost me 15 pounds. Um, it can text, it can make phone calls, and it can play Snake. And so I've been playing Snake on my Nokia. Uh, snake, for those who don't know, is a, is a very complex game where you play a snake and the idea is you sliver around the grounds and you have to eat along, eat apples in order to get bigger. For every apple that you eat, your snake gains one square of snakedom and he becomes a bigger snake. Uh, that's, that's it really. And you just have to try it's, it's and get as many apples as possible. But if you touch yourself, if you touch the snake, you eat yourself and you die because mm. the snake has no awareness of its own body i guess um but it turns out snakes pretty good game scott yeah did you know it's it's pure like moment to moment like decision making isn't it it is yeah it's 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 pure classic it's addictive it is the ideal phone game it is the uh phone game it's the reason why it was so popular yeah it is like the original um it is moment to moment strategy and and white knuckle thinking and <laughs> excitement all the time it's it's you, fine that's my that's what i do when i'm on the toilet right. now rather do, than do you like want to talk about your, your decision to get rid of your smartphone yeah can do um basically i'm addicted to I'm slightly jealous yeah slightly what are you jealous, je- really? what are you jealous of well, I, feel, I feel like that might be a good idea yeah so i i sort of it's it's been a long time coming like i've been like this for years like at least 10 years i've been i've been sort of addicted to my smartphone the idea being that at every sort of moment i was just looking at the smartphone like where i was walking somewhere flicking through twitter I was sat like on the sofa i've got twitter facebook instagram just just flicking between the same things over and over just for, to sort of like maybe mm. get an update from somewhere uh, a lot yeah. of people said that they're doom scrolling at the moment on twitter where they're just constantly seeing awful shit all the time but they yeah, can't look I've, away I've, I've, I've got to stop using Twitter I didn't yeah. use Twitter for like six months and I was so happy <laughs> and <laughs> I fell back into using it again and it makes me miserable 
Actually, yeah. I'll, I'll let you go first, then I'll talk about my rant about Twitter. Sure, that's, that's fine. Yeah. Here for. So it wasn't even just um, like Twitter or like social media as a whole, but it's like Reddit, things like that. It's just the idea of just looking at this little rectangle all the time and it giving me something to fidget with. You know, I'm a fidgety person, mm. and so it's just giving me something to do with my hands, but also taking attention away from everything else that I'm doing. So like at work, I'll be looking at my phone a lot of time, and, and people do that. You know, people tend to have a habit of like looking at their phones. It's, it's that meme, isn't it? You know, where like you... Mm. Uh, the people do, oh, look, at back in the day, everyone's happy and not a phone in sight. And the idea is that people are looking at their phones all the time because they've got to be switched on to whatever's going on in the world at all times. And it was just, I started to get more and more uncomfortable with that feeling that I was constantly looking at it. But it, the, the, the final straw was sort of my girlfriend noticing it and just sort of being like, you can't be anywhere. Like, I, was, I was going to the toilet to have a piss looking at my phone, like just walking oh, around the damn. flat, just looking yeah. at the phone. And you're just sort of like, what are you doing? You know yeah. what? 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 That's not. not I'm missing healthy. like it's not. It's yeah. not healthy. It's not even healthy in the slightest. And so, I've been waiting for my phone contract to run up so I could so I could little sort of logically make the move across. I don't want to feel like I'm spending fifty pounds a month on something I can only text and call with. You know, mm. um, I don't want to feel like I'm wasting money. So I've been waiting for that to run up. But as soon as it ran out, I was like, okay, that's it. Let's let's get a phone. Uh, just 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 us phones. Get rid of my smartphone. And here we go. And it, it mm. feels a lot better. So when I'm mm. playing games now, I will not like... It used to be that when I was playing games, during like cutscenes or things, or moments where people were just talking, I'd look at my phone and miss stuff that was mm. going on, you know? Or, or it would take me a lot longer just to play through a game because I was just constantly pausing it just to look at my phone and just get to... It's a constant distraction that was causing me to not enjoy the things that I do enjoy. You know, I was just missing out on things that I like doing because I was just mm. addicted to looking at this 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 screen all the time. Um, and so I just made the choice to give it up. So I've now got a, a phone that only calls and texts. I've got an MP3 player, a tiny little MP... I might have it here, actually. For those who nice. are watching from here, do I? Yes, I do. There's my little MP3 player. It's... Um, it plays music, and that's, that's all nice. it does. So I, I put my podcasts on there and things to listen to. I've got a lot of music on there that I can listen to. And I've separated those things now. So I, it's if I want to use my phone, it's a dedicated reason. Like I need a reason to, to use my phone. I need to like, text someone mm-hmm. or something. But otherwise, there's no point to look at it. You know? Yeah. I, it's a quick glance, and that's it, Like to see if you've got a text, and that that's completely it. Mm-hmm. If I want to listen to music or podcasts or something, I need to use my MP3 player for that. Um, I'm going to pick up a camera at some point so I can still take pictures. But, yeah, I'm not constantly on Twitter. And what I've found is I've given myself dedicated time to look at Twitter and Facebook and stuff. And when you're doing that at a dedicated time, you've got thousands of tweets to go through. I'll look at it for maybe five minutes and be like, I can't bother going through the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I'm immediately just so much more switched off. And it's mm. it's really good. Um, if you're if you're addicted like I was, strongly strongly recommend it. And I'm not saying that everyone who uses their phone is addicted to it or like is doing it unhealthily. But I very much was, and it took me a while to recognize that. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel a lot better already from just a week off, off of it. And I'm going to keep it up. Mm. Excellent. Talk yeah, about I your definitely... Twitter things then. Yeah, well, I've so I've really come to, to believe that Twitter, uh, the way I experience Twitter is absolute proof in the truth of Leninism. What do you mean? Right. <laughs> okay, so what really frustrates me about Twitter... I guess it, the political like leftist Twitter that I follow is Twitter is an endless 
paralyzing discourse yeah. where everything is under discussion all the time and it never stops and we can never come to any kind of consensus about yeah. anything. Yeah. So what happens is you're you're always talking about everything and you never work out like what to do. No, of course not. Uh, and of course that's and that's a, Twitter's not representative of the overall population, but it very much feels like a bunch of people who want to help, want things to get better and want to like enact leftist like movements and policies, but like because they're just stuck in this endless churn of having to have a take on everything and debating everything, it never gets better. And um, it's paralyzing. It's paralyzing. There's a word I use, paralyzing. And let me tell you about a, a, a nice old man called Vladimir Lenin, who lives <laughs> a while ago. Uh, he he knew that this was true. Even then, they didn't have Twitter in late 19th, late, uh, 19th century Russia, but or early 20th century Russia, but... Um, Lenin too was frustrated by the endless debate going on within kind of the uh, the left wing party he was a part of, and so he split off and formed a party called the Bolsheviks. And the Bolsheviks, led by Lenin, had a very simple policy, which is uh, you can debate things within the party. The party will debate things, uh, propositions, but after a certain point, you take a vote, a democratic vote. Everyone in the party votes on a proposition and then you come to a conclusion. And then once you've come to a conclusion, you either agree and tova- and agree with the party line and work on that basis or you leave. You yeah. can't be part of a party anymore because the party believes in things and we've come to conclusions on set propositions and you either go with it or get out because it turns out that once you actually agree on some things, you can come up with a firm action points to actually do things. Yep. And that's what I think Twitter has like... I think it's like an overall... On the one hand, social media and like the internet has enabled us to organise in a lot of excellent ways and there are great things going on. On the other hand, some of these social media sites have trapped leftist people in this discourse where because you can never conclude anything, you can never like work out what to do you could well no you need twitter to fir- twitter is not a place where you want to have the you can't yeah. have a discussion on twitter yes and you so because you never come to because you're trapped in this endless discourse that you can't break away from you can never come up with any firm idea of what you need to do yeah <clears throat> uh, I, th- so, I yeah. think with, i think people who use twitter in that way and i i'm also guilty of this that's not what twitter's designed for it's not what it's ever intended to do you know that's not what Twitter is, and so I, I know that it's like the place where people have con- like congregated to to discuss these these thoughts and things, but it's not actually useful. Well, what we're saying is we prefer the two thousand and nine version of Twitter that was like just had a sandwich. Yep. You know what? Yes, I do. The thing is, the thing is what I get I a get lot from of the grocery store. Yeah, <laughs> I get a lot of information from Twitter for like like mainstream news, but like giving you the actual like what's actually going on stuff. Which is good. Like it's good to have that open mind and seeing those other takes on things that are actually going on. I don't think everything has to have a take. I don't think everything has to have this like mm. viewpoint of like how can we break, how can we deconstruct this? Yes. Because it's or, you, you need to Twitter, pick your battles, right? Um, and this is a thing with the overall internet uh, that Terry Pratchett predicted. Weirdly enough, there's, an, there's a good interview where Terry, between Terry Pratchett and Bill Gates, where Terry Pratchett predicts this, where he's like, because on the internet all information is weighted equally. Like, yeah. you've got no way to tell 
what's good and yeah. what's bad. And on Twitter, everyone's take is presented equally. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, within the app. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, it's... it's. I like Twitter. I like it for video yeah. game stuff. I like it for occasionally seeing different takes on, like, um, big news that's going on. Yeah. I Incidentally, don't think it's Bill Gates useful. in that... In that 1996 interview, Bill Gates is like, "No, nah, that won't happen. People will self-select." Uh, but he does. But he does successfully predict DVDs and streaming media. So points to Bill Gates on that one. Is Bill Gates? He's bad, right? He is bad. He's a billionaire. He's yeah. fucking rich. So yeah. and he's he's bad. I know he's got like the Bill Gates Foundation and things, but uh, a, a man it doesn't do enough. He he's dead. He said he's going to give away all his money, and he's so good at giving away all his money that he only gets richer every year. Yeah, yeah. Where cool. to go, him? <laughs> Bill uh, Gates is anyway. sort of like held as this pariah of like um, good billionaire. Just and it's just like, uh, he so. gives a tiny amount of his fortune to charity. Good for him, but it doesn't make him a well, good Scott, person. It's, it's more than anyone else gives. <laughs> should should we? Should any one man be in char- charge of that amount of money? That amount of well, should should that be the case? You'd want to if you'd <laughs> earned it. Yeah. That could be me one day. Yes, yeah. you know what? I got, I got, I got a letter like... from the from HMRC okay. the other day, yeah. telling them I owed them uh, eighteen pounds in back taxes. So I, I take it back. Socialism's terrible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 80, 18 pounds. <laughs> I think people would feel better about paying taxes if they. Uh, and this is a video game podcast, by the way. I feel people would feel better about paying taxes if. They saw where it went, or they felt that. But, they, you, but they... you, I mean, you can see where it goes. You just got to care. Oh yeah, that's true. Like you, you, you drive on roads, you walk on pavements, you go to the hospital, you go to school, or you went to school, or you have children who do. You know, and then maybe but your you grades could... will get downgraded anyway. Do Do you want like a that's bunch a, of yeah? A whole oh, bunch. That's a whole. Don't don't get, don't, get, don't get me. We're not getting started. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, you're too poor to have got these grades. Try, have you tried growing up in a more affluent area? <laughs> God, that's what I mean. Though. Like, it's, it's, it does sort of feel like um, a waste at times. You know, I am, I'm, I'm, I'm pro tax. To be fair, tax not tax with this, not with this government, not with this government is why. That's what I mean. Uh, that's what I mean. Anyway, anyway, um, you've also been playing. Um, <laughs> yes, I've been playing other things. Final Fantasy uh, 14 patch 5.3. They've had their final, well, their, their final storyline of Shadowbringers is is now wrapped up. So how how many four... new dawns have they had at this point? How many new what? How many new dawns have they had at this point? <laughs> a lot. There's been a lot of dawns happening <laughs> in Final Fantasy XIV. So, patch five point three wraps up the Shadowbringers main story that was introduced at the start of uh, the expansion, which came out last year. Uh, my game of the year. Uh, talking of game of the years, uh, and you know what? What a perfect ending to that story! Like, nice. holy shit, did it go? Did it? Did it satisfy me significantly? It's um, it's not just the ending of the Shadowbringer story, but it helps tie up some ends that were introduced eight years ago. When I when I did my my game of the year video on Final Fantasy fourteen, I described it as the the true video game epic, and I don't mean that in terms of like um, oh, there's loads of action going on all the time because it's a, it's a very slowly told story, but it's a, it's an epic in terms of like. A continuous story that seems to have been planned out from the beginning over eight years. Like you've got you've got story threads that were introduced eight years ago that are just now sort of like coming to fruition. And that's what I mean in terms of like a like like an epic. It's 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 truly fantastic. It's um this could have felt like the the way they ended Shadowbringers patch five point three 
could have felt like the ending to the MMO as a whole. Like it's 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 a really nicely nice end to the story, if not for one last loose thread, which they've also teased at the end of it, and basically said that the next chap that next expansion is going to be the final chapter for this star that we're on. Um, so it looks like that's that's. We've got one more expansion before that all sort of comes to its conclusion, and then maybe they do something else with it. Maybe they're like, they're like I don't, I don't know. I, I, that's the thing. I don't know where it goes, and that's really exciting. Um, World of Warcraft is a is a game that, with their expansions, it quickly felt like they'd sort of devolved into uh, fan service and fan fiction. You know, it's, it's it was a lot of like uh, introducing new characters from nowhere to do some cool shit, and then none of it really matters overall. But but like you, 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 you don't. You're not gonna. World of Warcraft moves across so moves, moves through it all so quickly. It doesn't require you to have played the story content of the previous expansions to go to the new one to the point where the story ultimately doesn't matter. Whereas Final Fantasy XIV is so story focused that everything that happens in the story really matters to what came before and what comes after. And so, the telltale sign of a, a good expansion or a good patch for Final Fantasy XIV is how it impacts the story as a whole and in this case it was just oh it's just brilliant scott it's just so good it's it's did you I, defeat I, the dark lord we defeated a dark lord yes uh cool. I, I don't want to go into any spoilers or anything for for those who might be playing it but it is just i played i got i, I just churned it out in a day and it was it was i was so satisfied and happy with it i it was really good um I'd really if you if you've not played Final Fantasy XIV, there's a lot of story to get through, but I'd really recommend it because it really goes some places. But also with patch 5.3, they've redone the start of the game to streamline it a bit more. It's still, from what I understand, a bit slow, but they've got rid of a load of quests, they've got rid of some of the like stuff that people complained about, and now's like the best time to be jumping onto Final Fantasy XIV. Like if you if you're someone who hasn't played it and wants to see what it's all about. There's not been a better time to do it. It's got a free trial that contains the first, the base game and the first expansion. That's about 180 hours of gameplay for free. Um, I'd really recommend getting on that. Uh, I'd suggest it to you, Scott, by the way. If you well, wanted, something, you know if you wanted I, something chill to I, play. I would love nothing more, Cal, than to take six months off work and just play <laughs> this MMO. <laughs> All the time. I don't think it's. I don't, I don't think you. I don't think you need that though. So like, this is a it, the 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 creators of uh, Final Fantasy XIV have said that what they would like what they like from it is that people come and go. So the idea is you subscribe for a month, you play the new content, and then you go away until they bring out some new content again. Like they, they, it's not really designed to keep people playing every single day. And I think the st- the way the story is told is you could easily just dip in and out without feeling like you have to like um, grind it. There's no real grinding involved in the game at all to get through the main storyline. Um, so if you if you ever wanted to just have a chill game that you can sort of go through some quests with, I think this is like the best one to pick for that. Sure. Um, yeah, it's 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 not for everyone. Granted, MMOs aren't always for everyone, and there is it's, it's certainly a lot of game to get through, but it's. Yeah, it's easily still just like one of my favorite games ever. It's definitely, it's probably my favorite Final Fantasy now. I've taken Final Fantasy Nine. It's that good, you know. Like it's, it's that good that it's taken over a game from my childhood that I have fond nostalgia for. Um, it's just great. Also, Patch Five Point Three brought in the second raid of the Near Raid. So you know Near Automata. Yeah. They've been doing the, the creators of that have been doing a raid uh, series within Final Fantasy XIV, which basically crosses those two games over. So the second uh, 
raid of those have, has come out, and it's just crazy. At one point, a load of androids fuse together, like climb climb together to form a giant egg sack, and then it splits, and they give birth to another giant android, which is made up of tiny little androids, and it's just creepy as heck. Uh, there's a bullet hell section where you're having to fight enemies while loads of orbs come at you. It's uh, it's it's a lot of fun and some great music, and I uh, I love it. I love it, Scott. It's great. Everyone should play Final Fantasy fourteen. Good. Have I played? Have I played anything else? Uh, yeah, you played Fall Guys. I talked about it last time, didn't I? Oh well, I don't know why you put I it on know. there. Then. I, I put it on there. That's still good. Uh, Fall Guys is still a fun game. I actually, I've got an issue with Fall Guys. Fifteen pounds oh, yeah? game. Fifteen pound game. It does have microtransactions. Uh, yeah, so it's it a really fun game. That's yeah. what put me off. It's a really fun game in spite of that. But I, when I saw it, because when I was doing, again, I tested this before it came out and that, that wasn't in there when I was testing it. Mm-hmm. Like I had a little shop section, but I wasn't sure if that meant like just the currency you earn through the game, through playing, you spend in there. And granted, they are very, you earn currency very quickly in that game. Like you play, you play three, three rounds and you've gained like 500 so like a couple of matches and you could you could afford something but it's still very much like a daily rotation of, of gear um for you to buy each day so it's 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 a bit scummy in that way and it's also got a battle pass which is free but i bet the second one won't be so i bet this season is free when you bought the game you know sure. spent 15 pounds you paid the battle pass i bet next season it's going to charge for the battle pass so yeah. other it's a fun game it's very cutesy it's very fun i've, I've been streaming it as well and having a great time but I am disappointed in the microtransaction side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and granted, it's an indie company, and so I feel less bad about them making more money from this than if than you know, like Epic Games with Fortnite. It's not it's not that level of scumminess, but it's still just a bit like, oh, okay, this is a bit of a shame in a game that I've paid money for. Mm. Yep, fifteen pounds. You know, I won't do it. No, I'll never buy a game with microtransactions and never pay. Up front. I think that's fair. I mean, I, I, I'm obviously not that. Is far it in. on? Is it not on Game Pass? I've heard it's on PS Plus. It's on PS Plus. So if if you're if you're getting on PS Plus, you're essentially getting it then just for your monthly subscription yeah, anyway. So that's less yeah. bad. Um, but no, it's on Steam for fifteen pounds. Mm-hmm. It's not on Game Pass. Uh, yeah, that's the only part that's a little bit scummy. And I, I think if you if you're someone who wants to be completely away from microtransactions, completely fair to avoid it. I think mm-hmm. it's a fun game without those, but obviously it is very much still got that in there and that's everything i've been playing you know what i've been watching over the last week go for it tell me what you've been watching uh avatar the last airbender again rewatching. Uh, oh shit that's, that's, that's some news that's some news actually we can get to that but tell me about your rewatch of it uh yeah is that um i just started rewatching. obviously they put it back on netflix because they're doing their probably shit live action remake uh but the, the cartoon's still good and i was actually i've not watched it since 2013 and i was Actually, I knew it was good, but I was really surprised by just how watchable it is. But I watched the entire first series uh, just in this last week, and I did not expect to get through it that quickly, but it is very Moorish, and it's really good. And I've heard people say about Avatar um, that for a while it's just like a kid's show. I wouldn't say that's even true. It's a a family show, but I think anyone of any age can enjoy that show, like right from the start. I don't think there's any moment where it's just for children. No, I, I think that's a show that is is just good from the off as well. Like, yeah. uh, like from the very first episode, you're like, okay, I'm I'm into this. There, there's no truly bad episode of Avatar. The only the closest it gets is like the Great Divide, which no one likes. But 
Uh, that's just because it's slightly lower quality than the rest of the show. Is the Great Divide the one where the you see the old? What are the old avatars? No, Great Divide is. Um, it's probably the episode that I say comes close to like generic kids show because they've got to. They're walking. The avatar, the gang, are walking along, and they um they got to cross uh, like the Grand Canyon basically. And there are two groups of other people who want to oh, yeah. cross refugees, and one of them they're opposites. You see, Cal. One of them they're feuding tribes. One of them are really prissy and neat and highbrow, and the others are like down to earth and so on. And they both. Don't, so don't trust each other and they've got to learn to work together um yeah that's, they, do yeah, that's <laughs> they do it that's that's the closest one to like generic kids show because it's just like a fairly trite plot that doesn't advance anything but that's the only one and that even then it's not a bad episode it's just not up to the stand the rest of the series yeah. it's not bad to watch i wouldn't say skip it well, so maybe skip on subsequent watches. But. You know how two weeks ago we were discussing the live action show, yep. and you're like, it's probably going to be shit. Like, why are they doing this? And I was yep. like, oh, it could be good because well, the, the, the creators are probably. I didn't say it would probably be shit. I said, I don't see how they're going to recreate the visuals of the animated show on a yep. TV budget. Is what I said. Oh, your, your issue was the budget side of it, wasn't it? Well, um, I, said, I, d- I just don't know if it will look as good. Anyway, the creators ahead. who were, you know, the creators of Avatar, they were executive yep. producers on the show. They have this week announced that they are leaving the show uh, because yep. they because of creative differences where they don't think yep. their vision is being met. Yep. So, Who knows? That's not a great sign, is it? They have said that it might still end up being a good show, but it's not a show that matches their vision. I mean, yep. no show is created solely by one creator. Like even the original series, yep. is not just a people. result of so, those two. There's a bunch of people are yep. involved with this, so maybe so it'll we still don't end up know good. What's happen. Um. Yep. And we don't know whether they're, whether it was their vision that was, was made it good in the first place, right? Like, mm. there's, there's no way of really yeah. knowing what the creative direction of that show yeah. or how, how it came to be. No. Uh, but it doesn't look good for it, All does I'm it? saying, Cal, is it's completely in character to have Ang beat a man to death while shouting, I'm going to kill you, you fucker. <laughs> no, nothing out of character about that. <laughs> with uh, with um, Fallout Boy in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, maybe so we'll they didn't see. agree. Maybe they didn't agree about the inclusion of Vegeta. In, uh, <laughs> Fuck it. In, in you know what? Line. If they included Vegeta in it, it could only be good. It could only be a good thing. Uh, I'm glad that you're. Uh, Ang and, re- Ang and Goku would get along. Do you reckon? Yeah, because they're both children. I think Goku would Go- piss Ang off. Go- Ang's Goku's a bit more balanced than Goku is. Goku's just yeah, like, I, I want to be the bad guy. And Ang's like, but maybe he's also good. And Goku's like, nah. <laughs> nah. nah we'll just fight him. No, we'll Goku fight- gives like Goku gives Frieza a bunch of chances. He gives him chances, he still treats him as evil though. He just gives yeah. him a chance because he thinks he, he should he should he, he gives him a chance because he wants to fight him again. Whereas Ang gives people chances because he thinks it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh Goku's just very much like, oh, you can get stronger, we can fight some more until eventually yeah. I have to kill you. <laughs> Sorry, you so were going to say to me uh, Watch My Hero Academia Rather than rewatching a show you've already seen You <laughs> well, bastard We'll see. Uh, we'll you see. All, we'll talk about more shows Watch fucking My Hero Academia Okay Oh, I finished Adventure Time this this week uh, oh, My rewatch Adventure Time Which my girlfriend hadn't seen all the way through So we've been rewatching that And that's another really good show That doesn't really have many bad episodes at all um, Loved it uh, Spectacular 
don't know what to say about it, but it's it's really good. <laughs> it's another I, one of those probably good animated shows that I watched three episodes of and bounced off. Yeah, it's uh it's a show that only gets better the more you watch it. Uh characters go through some real growth. It becomes a story it becomes a show about uh teenage maturity as opposed to anything else. Mm. Um and also the end of the world and stuff, you know, and, and what it means to be God. Uh, all that sort of stuff. You know, the usual kids stuff. Are you okay so, to carry on into news? Yeah, let's do news. God, we've, this is a long podcast, isn't it? It's a bumper <clears throat> episode. Halo Infinite's been delayed. Yeah, I saw. Isn't what the it fuck? insane that they're still going to bring out Xbox this year? They have to, don't they? I guess they're like, committed to it, but it's insane. They can't not- is it's three months away and we don't know the price I'm not so so okay, I've been thinking about this recently the Switch was announced in January with a price and came out in March yeah it was announced with a price yeah exactly this console has been announced for months and they've not told us <laughs> no people knew the Switch was coming but no yeah I guess I guess so but like the Switch was they announced their price two months before launch and they, the pre-orders went up the same day and they, they you know, well, that was all right. they're running it close, aren't they? They sure are. Uh, but Halo Infinite has been delayed to an, a date in 2021. It's not confirmed. Uh, cool. In a statement, this comes from Eurogamer, in a statement, 343 head Chris Lee said the studio faced a number of development challenges. Uh, one of those is probably the fact that their creative the creative director left. Uh, it's not sustainable for the well-being of our team or the overall success of the game to ship it this holiday. Uh, this means that... Microsoft is launching the Xbox Series X with no games. a first party exclusive. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're they're focusing on X on Game Pass and the fact that you'll be able to play thousands of games on it at launch from across four generations. Um, sure. I'm not sure what games are coming from the fourth generation. <laughs> but maybe it'll be something. This is just this has yeah, been one of the messiest insane. launches I can yeah. think of for a console. Other than maybe the Wii U. What am I going to play on my Xbox? Nothing, I guess. You could play Ori and the Will of the Wisps in yeah. 120 frames per second. How about that? This this is bloody um, Xbox One X again. You remember they launched the, uh, the quote-unquote most powerful games console ever, and there's nothing to play on it. Nothing to showcase its capabilities. I know. It's really weird. <laughs> I don't... Like in an ideal world, I imagine they would they would push back the Series X as well. But if they do that now, they're conceding the ground to Sony, and they just can't do that this generation. Is that Microsoft and Sony are involved in a game of I guess not? I was going to say chicken. It's more like Russian roulette. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Just no one wants to back down first. Whoever goes first, the other person gets to have the up the up upper hand. But one of them has to. Ah. Uh. The, to be fair, in, in this announcement, Microsoft did say that Series X will be coming out in November. So we've got a we've got a month time scale now of when it's going to come out, and the rumours seem to be that it'll be the first week of November. All we need now is a price. <laughs> and I don't think they're gonna uh. announce that anytime soon. Um I think it's safe to say that so PlayStation probably also come out in November, or maybe if they wanted to one up up Microsoft, get out at the end of October, <laughs> which is now two months away. Uh my god. Fucking I'm interested to see how this works out. I'm really I find it so interesting because it's like this is unprecedented. And it's just 
neither of these consoles are going to have trouble selling their consoles at launch. But well, it's just, I don't it's, know. It's the consumer. Were they? Were I don't they? think. Because you always, at the, a launch, you always sell your consoles, don't you? Do Wait, you? the PS3 didn't, did it? Yeah, you can have a bad launch. You forgot that you can have a bad launch. Yeah. Maybe the executives, maybe the executives have a while. <laughs> I mean, <it's> <laughs> they're like, we always sell our consoles at launch, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. What about the PS3, I just, sir? I just oh, tend fuck. to assume that. Like, I've got to make some calls. <laughs> I've left something in my car. <laughs> I just tend to assume that. Game enthusiasts like myself are just going to buy it regardless. Like, like there will be some, there will be some enthusiasts who will buy it, but when like it, me. whether it'll be a successful launch is like a different matter, isn't it? Yeah. Especially, Fuck. may I add, in a time of like massive economic recession. Yeah. You're going to bring out expensive new consoles. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe that might impact sales a bit. But people want to say, it's like I said before, Sony are expecting that it will sell well because well, of a second they lockdown. Said, they said that. They could be wrong, though, right? They've said yeah. that they expected it to sell well. But also, I'm sure they expected the PS3 to sell well. It didn't and in the end. It didn't, yeah, if, yeah, in the end. But you, you know what I mean. Like, the, the, Just because they think they will sell a certain <laughs> amount doesn't necessarily mean that they will. And companies can be wrong about this yeah. stuff. But even so, if it doesn't necessarily like storm the like storm out the gates immediately, the launch still impacts how people view the console for the rest of its gener- like its yes, lifespan. Exactly. People All still I'm make fun of the is, Xbox One, it, and maybe it, that bounce yes, back it, a little it bit. Does not, it does not take a lot to get labelled with the reputation of having no games, even if you bring out games later. <laughs> yeah, considering they're launching. What, what are they what are they launching with? Let me. Literally, what, what is happens to the Xbox the Series One? X launching with? Uh, so according to, this is on the Xbox website <laughs> Xbox Series X launched this November with thousands of games spanning four generations that's what I just said uh, more than 50 new games planned for this year across gen- across generations and optimised for Xbox what they're focusing on is the optimised for Xbox Series X right yeah um, well, oh, here you go was... here's some games developed just for the Series X uh, okay. the medium Scorn and Tetris Effect connected yeah. Are those really console <laughs> sellers? Yeah. Tetris Effect is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know how this is going to go for them. Where's it? Okay, here's the Eurogamer thing on all confirmed launch games for, for the Xbox Series X. Uh... Oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. Hang on, Eurogamer. I'll turn off my ad blocker. Sorry. Sorry, Eurogamer. You won't let me look at it without turning off oh, my Oh, well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Fair. Just fair. Uh, oh, they've still got Halo Infinite on there. Never mind. It's an old article. Anyway, <laughs> have you heard that the developer, the publishers of Control, want you to pay thirty pound to play the Xbox Series X version if you already have the um the have it on Xbox One? Oh, that's their way of getting around the free upgrade, isn't it? Yep. Fucking piss take. <laughs> so not only are your console launching without Halo the first body title but even your touted feature of like cross cross generation play isn't always going to be true sometimes these developers will just want you to not developers publishers will just want you to pay an extra fee chances I mean I'm not going to buy any old games on the new console anyway anyway I'm I'm really fascinated to see how this works out (laughs) 
Uh, I'm glad they're doing their research though and, and, and thinking ahead about what they're going to do. Um, this this is my attempt at a segue, by the way. The reason I've just right. used that really weird sentence yeah, I just sure. used. Uh, speaking of someone who didn't do his research, John Boyne. Uh, who is? Who, he is the author. He he wrote The Boy in the Striped Pajamas. Yeah. He's an author. Yeah, you, you know him? The Boy, it got made into a film. I didn't yeah. think it was very good. Uh, so he's a novelist, and he accidentally included Zelda video game monsters in his new yes. novel. Um, Quite good. So basically, uh, he did a quick Google search on how to to create red dye, and the first thing that came up was a bit from Breath of the Wild on how to create red dye in Breath of the Wild. He didn't look at the Breath of the Wild bit and just included that information in his book. Uh, so in his book, it, which is set in the real world, it says... The dyes that I used in my dressmaking were composed from various ingredients depending on the colour required, but almost all required nightshade, sapphire, keyswing, the leaves of the silent princess plant, octorok eyeball, swift violet, thistle, and hightail lizard. In addition, for the red I'd used for Abrilla's dress, I employed spicy pepper, the tail of the red lizalvoss, <laughs> and four Hylian shrooms. Oh dear. Cool. I don't know what to say, yes. to say about that. I just think it's yes. funny. That got through editing, yeah. Sounds like he had a good sense of humour about it, though. Yeah, um, he's basically just said, oh, that's funny. Oh, leave it leave it as it is. I just think Fair it's quite enough. funny. You're totally right. I don't remember, but I must have just Googled it. Sometimes you just got to throw your hands up and say, yep, my bad. <laughs> Why don't you release a patch for your book? That's what I think we we need next, book patches. I mean, uh, they do that. They do, like, additions, don't they? Where they correct oh, yeah, typos and stuff. But uh, leave it as is. I think he's going to leave it as is. Yeah, that's fun. If he changed right, it, that got... first book would be worth quite a bit. Uh, do you want to handle yeah. the next story? Because I think it's yeah, your we sort got of we got a few story about w- abuse of workers yes. and how shit companies are. Um, yeah, Blizzard workers share their salaries. So um, employees at Blizzard. We talked about Blizzard this before. Is from Bloomberg, yep. Act- Activision Blizzard. I should say they're part of the same same company. Specifically, uh, employees... the ones at Blizzard Entertainment, though. Yep, began circulating the spreadsheet on Friday to anonymously share salaries and recent pay increases, um, which is you know part of the rising tension over um, wage disparities and executive compensation. Um, so uh, Blizzard Games, as you know, makes a lot of popular games based in California, um, and basically um, <laughs> Blizzard employees are being massively underpaid. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, you're trying to get. Are you reading the article to try and get to the the point of it of the article? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing the yeah. same thing of like looking through. Like, where's the actual point of this article? There's a lot of like fluff here, but what's the actual point of it? Um, <laughs> yeah, basically they're underpaid. They're not getting like competitive salary increases. Basically, uh, wage disparity. I've got I've got the point here, Scott. Wage disparity has become a hot button issue in the 150 billion dollar video game industry as calls for unionization grow. A pro labor group recently slammed Activision Blizzard for the pay of Chief Executive Officer Bobby Kotick. His 2019 compensation was worth 40 million dollars at the end of that year, according to data compiled by Bloomberg. And the package has grown since then as the company's stock has soared. Uh, and basically, employees are earning significantly less than that. So like they 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 if you're if you are someone who is on say the customer service team or who is on um like you know just sort of like small tech teams 
you are paid significantly less than the industry standard. Uh, so this year, one one veteran Blizzard employee told Bloomberg that they received a raise of less than 50 cents an hour and are now making less than they did almost a decade ago because they're working fewer overtime hours than they did back mm-hmm. then. Um You've got you've got basically those those on the lower rungs yep. of the ladder uh, aren't can't even afford to to eat at the company's yes, company's kitchen. Yes, so there are people talking about skipping meals to pay rent. Yeah, um, using free coffee to stress their appetite can't afford to buy food at the company's cafeteria. Yeah, fucking it's fucking just business, man. Pay pay your workers super shit, but they won't. won't because these companies are only interested in themselves and their executives. A third Bobby Kotick th- got a forty million pound dollars in pay, and your own employees can't afford to eat at your own cafeteria. Fuck off. One employee said that they and their partner stopped talking about having kids because they knew they wouldn't be able to afford it. Fucking don't don't just... let companies exploit you like this. So you the don't... Blizzard, what Blizzard have said in response to this is that. Not 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 publicly, by the way, but to to employees, they've said that um, what they really get from working for Blizzard is the uh, the the experience of working for like a high profile video game. Yeah. You know, what, what, yeah, a, you, a company that's considered like of making some some really like the top games you, ever. You know, you can have all the experience you can eat because you sure as hell won't be eating food. Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, congratulations! And, you, and you, can I just? You get to say that you worked for the company that made World of Fucking Warcraft. Uh, and, and this is like what these companies will do. They yeah. will dangle prestige in front of you and be that's like, it, prestigious. Oh, that's what I'm looking for. You can say for. that you worked at Blizzard. Don't don't mind that you can't. Aff- you have to live out of your car as you worked at Blizzard. Thing is, that doesn't even hold weight anymore because Blizzard are not the company or not held as the company that they once were. You know, no one's yeah, look, looking at Blizzard look, as being like, oh, they're Blizzard, the paragon I just, of good I, games. I just wanted to point out, Blizzard, this company who's always being about, our, we love our fans, fan community, we're a creative company. It was all a lie. It was all... It's, yeah. Blizzard have been lying to you, for their workers, but also to you, um, the customer, for, for decades. It's all a lie. It's all a marketing front. Blizzard don't give two fucks about you or their workers or anyone but their bottom line. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, they've made some good games, but that's not enough. That's no, not it enough. is not. Um, now let's talk about what those workers can do. What workers can do to um, to improve conditions. Last uh, episode, we talked about the uh, the love struck uh, writers' strike, where twenty one writers uh, who were working uh, on a game series called Love Struck for a, a Japanese publisher um, struck, and they were all legally freelancers, by the way, so they didn't have legally protected right to strike they could actually be let go at any time uh, they embarked on a 21 day strike in order to um demand better pay because they were being vastly underpaid uh, up to like 50 percent below industry standard yep. um and we're very pleased to congratulate uh the love struck strikers uh that they have um they have successfully negotiated with the employer with yeah. Voltage. Voltage was the company they're writing for the publisher they successfully negotiated with Voltage uh for a pay increase collectively and yes. if you recall last time, uh, Voltage uh, basically did every union-busting cliche in the book. They were like, oh, we wanted to negotiate with you as individuals because at our company, we love individuality. Uh, they also did the... They were like, we've got a team of writers ready to replace you right now if you don't come <laughs> back to work. Uh, but it turns out, like, two days after they said that, they caved. Yeah. Uh, because a company 
it turns out it's actually quite difficult to just replace all your writing staff it is. at short notice. Especially um, when it's ju- publicly announced how shit you are to your writing staff. Yeah, e- exactly. Uh, so, and, so brilliant. Uh, so they caved uh, and they have successfully uh, increased, negotiated an average pay increase of 78%. They stuck together. They did. They refused to negotiate individually. And yeah, they have won. And I believe uh, people are calling this the first successful game worker strike in the history of the game development industry, yes, it's, which is it's amazing. It's really good. Um, uh, so let's say our big heartfelt congratulations. Uh, how do they, let's, in their own words, uh, kind of paraphrasing from their, their Twitter and their Tumblr, they accomplished this by... Um, by trusting each other, trusting that they wouldn't give in individually uh, to the company, by uh, you know believing what they were doing, and also by organising aid, right? So they were able to strike for 21 days uh, because they organised a system of mutual aid. They took donations uh, from the greater community. They supported each other, and they were able to get through this. It'd be good if we all bought a Love Struck game now to show our support for this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Or can you still donate directly to the developers? Because that would be good. That, I would say that'd be better. Yeah, yeah, that would actually. Yeah, I think there's still um, a GoFundMe, uh, Voltage Organized Workers Support Fund. Uh, go and have a Google of that. Uh, but also still... buying the game itself shows the publisher you, you, you that can this, buy the this game is the sort of thing want, you want. You want, they, you want more of this um, stuff. Yeah, and maybe and maybe write them an email as well, just saying I'm. I yeah, support the industrial yeah. action, and now that you've negotiated successfully, I'm going to buy it. But also, the Voltage Organised Worker Support Front is still um, seeking donations, as there is, um, they're still kind of out of pocket for their strike action. Yeah. Uh, so consider donating to that as well. And this just goes to show, uh, you know, because they could, the company could illegally uh, fire them all. Uh, they threatened to. Uh, they had no legal protection, but they stuck together and they were able to do a successful strike, uh, negotiate successfully collectively uh, because the employer needed them more than uh, they needed the employer in the end. They said, um, That's- this is, this is, Frances Maples, uh, someone who Vice spoke to, she said that my, my wage increase is substantial and very pleased with it, but beyond that, this means everything to me. It got to a point where our union where with our union where I felt like I wasn't fighting for my own wages, but for the wages of my fellow writers in the games industry, it really feels historic, uh, which I think is, is absolutely. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. That's, that's really great news. Uh, prior to the strike, to put it into like perspective of numbers, uh, prior to the strike, the 21 freelance writers earned an average of 3.5 cents per word in the new contracts negotiated with Voltage. Writers were paid an average of 6.5 cents per word. So that's an increase of three cents per word, which is really great. Uh, very exciting. And times. in our yes, now in our final story, do you want to go with this one? Aeon must die. What is I was going, I was going to talk die? about Pikmin um, as well. Well, but that's this is thematic though. Okay, talk about Pikmin. <laughs> Pikmin with a pleasant thing after we talk. It's about It's not a pleasant thing. Work- the Pikmin thing's oh, not a okay. pleasant thing either. Well, but we'll go. We'll, we'll go with Aeon, Aeon, Aeon must, must die. die. Basically, um, Aeon must die was a is a game that's coming out uh, for PS4 and PS5 later this year. Oh, I've lost the I've lost the actual story that, that this links to, but basically, um, there's been a, the the developers of it. There's been a lot of like uh, abuse, manipulation, and stuff going on, and so the entire development studio quit the studio on the twenty second of June. Uh, the publishers have decided the company holding the IP rights to it have decided to go ahead with the game anyway and created a trailer of the game with someone else, basically a third party. They, they've essentially stolen the IP from the creators and acted as if they're still going to be publishing this game that currently has no development staff at all involved. Uh, so Aeon Must Die, I think, is a... Let me just clear that. Aeon 
must die. I picked a bad link for this, didn't I? Uh, it's a galaxy-spanning brawler with an anime-inspired art well, style. Well, it, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. Whether it will actually launch is is um, anyone's guess. I've got the trailer now showing. Uh, that was shown on PlayStation State of Play last week, and this is a trailer that wasn't actually created by the creators of the game. Uh, it's a third-party studio that sort of used the um, assets to create a trailer that shows no real gameplay. Oh, here we go. It does show some gameplay. It looks pretty cool, I was going to say, but if it's Look, been it made in a, cool. in a uh, environment of abuse, and then I would rather see it not come out, to be honest. Um, yeah, it's, 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 just, it's like a side-scrolling brawler, by the looks of it. Anime-inspired, you know, you know the sort of thing. Hopefully the developers will, will get some winnings out of that and, and maybe get a chance to make a game in a better environment, but I don't think so. So it's been, uh, there's not a lot to say about this right now because it's really we're going to see where it goes from here, but I'm not seeing a lot of people talk about it, so I'm willing to bet it doesn't really go anywhere. I suppose we'll see if it actually comes out next year. It's been released for P- meant to be being released for PS4, PC, and Nintendo Switch. Final story then. Pikmin 3. Nintendo announced that the best Wii U game, Pikmin 3, will be coming out on Switch in October. So there you go. There's Nintendo announcing a new game coming out on Switch, Scott. How's that? That's pretty good, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, Pikmin 3 is a good game. Did you play it? Uh, yeah, I did play it back on Wii U. I loved it. I 100%ed it. Why? What, what, what's happened with it? Um, <laughs> so it's good that it's coming out on Switch, but Nintendo removed it from the Wii U store. So the oh, cheaper version wow, that's okay. available on the Wii U store, Nintendo has now removed that so that if you want to suddenly then play Pikmin 3, your only option is going to be I, I, buying I, I it love on the it. Switch. J- j- just, for, just to to punish that tiny subset of people yeah. who've got a Wii U and a Switch yeah. and have not yet bought Pikmin 3. Yeah. Wow. Guess Nintendo's what? You saying, can't have anything, you know buddy. Fuck you. You can't fucking do it. You yeah, play, exactly. You wanna, do you want to buy it the past few years? Fuck you! You've got to pay more now. <laughs> Just what? Is it really? Are you really worried, Nintendo, about people buying second-hand Wii U's just to play Pikmin Three for cheap? This is, is the second really... time. This is the second time they've done it. So they also did this with Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. It turns Why? out. Why? What? What sales are you losing here? I guess they. I don't. I don't know, Scott. Like, I. <laughs> How many people in the world are there that own a Wii U and Switch and have not yet bought Pikmin 3 on Wii U? They've also but removed... Want, but want to buy it, but want to play it now. Yeah, they've yeah. also removed the DLC. So if you already own Pikmin 3 on the Wii U and you wanted to buy the DLC so you didn't have to buy the deluxe version on Switch, you can't do that either. So if you want Brilliant. to play that, that DLC, that extra content, you have <laughs> to buy the deluxe version now. It's just such an odd move. Right, yeah. it's, 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 it's such, such a it, all right. It's such I a scummy move. Like it's it's, a, it's, a, it's a shitty such move. A, it's such a Nintendo move. It is something that makes no apparent sense. No, that that um, and they've done it just because. Well, no, it's so transparent in terms of like we want more money for this. So if you want to play this, we want more but money how, for how it. How much more money are you earning? I don't know. I picked me like three on the Wii U. Twenty pounds right now, or was yeah. anyway. So I guess if you want, you're gonna have to spend forty pounds to to play it. Meanwhile, we got Microsoft here being like, 
A free upgrade to, even though some publishers are doing their best to, to sabotage that. Yeah. Microsoft are promising free upgrades for uh, between their consoles. <laughs> Nintendo's like, nope. <laughs> you can't even, not even a free upgrade. You can't even play the old one. Unless <laughs> you already own it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, are, they, are they seeking out and destroying all the CD copies? Of yeah, CD? they're going to be around my house any moment. <laughs> uh, you got Pikmin 3? You've got to take that away from you, sir. A real Nintendo move. It's just such an odd thing. Like, mm. Are people going to see this? People who have not already bought Pikmin... Who, people who own a Wii U have not already bought Pikmin 3. But they obviously know it exists. Are they going to see the deluxe version and feel like, you know what? I'm going to get a jump on them here. Yeah. I'm going to buy it now exactly. before it comes out in October. Yeah. Yeah, what like, a subset. You could have been playing it the past eight years. Just uh, so bizarre. Um, and to be to be a lost sale, it has to be someone, as I said, who both owns a Switch, <laughs> a Wii U, and a Switch as well. I guess this is their way of trying to force them into the Switch. Like maybe there's been I've, one but, person who's like, what, what, what a tiny amount, one whole who for, like. <laughs> For every year of the Wii U's life, I'm going to buy one game for the Wii U. And now yeah. they've got to 2020, like, like, it's finally the time to buy Pikmin 3. Oh no, it's gone! I love my Wii U. I can't wait to play Pikmin 3 on it, which I'm it not yet. eight years ago. <laughs> I'll get around to it one day. Uh, it's, yeah, such a kind of scummy Nintendo move to do this. It just doesn't make any sense. Just, 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 just nonsense. Why? Yeah. I would love to know the reasoning for it. I'd love to speak to someone at Nintendo and just be like, why have you done this? Like, give me an actual reason, you know? Uh, other than, uh, it doesn't, no, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Um, I won't be getting Pikmin 3 for the Switch because I already own it for Wii U. Uh, and they can't take that away from me, thankfully, because I've got the disc version. I wonder if, if you own the digital version, I imagine you could still download that. I, I, well, I fucking hope so. Although there is going to come a point soon where they're just going to take the Wii U store offline, aren't they? So you better download all your shit. Yeah. I don't like the precedent this sets because I buy everything digital on Switch as well because I don't want to, one, use yep. plastic and things, but also use up a load of space in my, pla- in my place. Yeah. But th- this is what happens where you're entrusting uh, Nintendo, you're entrusting the platform holder. Nintendo typically are the ones who are the bad bad at this sort of stuff as well. Oh God, I don't know. It's it's just it's weird. It's it's and it's to bring it weird. around to the start of our discussion, there's no competition. Nintendo have a monopoly on their platform. They do. Of course they do. Anyway, yep. So fun times. Everyone, companies being shit to everyone. <laughs> Let's just make our own game, <laughs> and then only play that. <laughs> you know. Let's just do that. Uh, that's the end of the news then. I've got a question for you, Scott. All right, go ahead. It's not got any questions this week. Uh, if anyone in the chat wants to ask a question, please do so. But my question to you, Scott, is are you sick of um, having dogs to pet in video games? Uh, a bit, yeah, to be honest. I'm sort of sick of it. Well, like It's become you? like a thing well, now. I, I get there's, a, I, there's I've, that. I've, told, I've, I've gone on this rant before, all right? I like dogs. Dogs are nice. But liking a dog's is not a replacement for a personality. No, you're right. Yeah, that's right. I'm more of looking at it from a perspective of, you know that um, Can You Pet the Dog Twitter account, which started yeah. out as like a fun thing of like, oh, you can pet the different dogs in different games. And it's just like a fun, like looking, like a joke, you know, looking at that sort of stuff. I am now seeing games companies specifically including 
the option to pet a dog, like not even always ca- including an animation, or if it is, it's just like a one frame animation of you like touching the dog, just so that this this Twitter account, which has four hundred thirty four thousand followers, um, can then tweet about the game. And it's so transparent advertisement mm-hmm. now. And I'm not sure if the Twitter account is aware of it. Like, sure, it, it is that it's being used as this as like free advertisement. But all game companies need to do now is tweet. I've got I've got like a, a game here which just says, "Hey, at can you pet the dog? You can pet the dog in our game." And then the then the Twitter account tweets about it, and then loads of people yeah, like sure. four hundred thousand people then see the game. Fine for indie games, mm-hmm. but you've got like big games doing it as well, and then like a big company will like tweet the Twitter account to include them as well. And it's just mm-hmm. I'm getting sick of it, Scott. I'm getting it's it's become a fun thing that's being used for for bad things. Evil, yeah, being used for <laughs> evil. evil. The 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 best the best Twitter account of this actually I think made by the same person is um, is there something behind the waterfall and it looks at games and like looks at whether there's anything behind the waterfall in that game which is something which I've always argued is a sign of a good game is if you come to a waterfall and they've included something behind it just a little reward for the player for being um, for being intrigued by what could be going on behind there uh, if it passes the waterfall test that's when I. That's what I care about it. Uh, following an update, Scott, you can now pet the dog in Blasphemous as well. Yeah, I saw that. There you go. See? It's uh, cool. it's everywhere. It's fucking everywhere. I'm also... <laughs> I also like to have a little rant. Do, do you care about lore in games? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I care about story. I don't know if I care about Do you care lore. about lore, is what I mean. Like, if, do, you uh, like, do you like it when a game tells you about everything else that's going on in the world or gives you things to discover it, it, about its world. It depends how it is presented to you. If I don't I do not like it when a game dumps lore in codex entries that you are that it wants you to read. Yeah. To pause to pause the game, to stop the game to read like some a novel is not my idea of like good storytelling. So the reason for this I ask this is because Horizon Zero Dawn has so much information about its world and what's gone on. There's loads of different factions and stuff in this world. You speak to anyone in that world, you can ask them questions about different things. I'm just fucking sick of it. I don't give a shit. I don't care. Why is this... Why... Like, you watch a TV show, okay? Like a 10-hour 10 10 hour long TV show. You've got 10 episodes in a series. You will oftentimes not know everything there is to know about that world. You will, you will see the story within that world, you will see the perspectives of the characters, and then you will have intrigue about everything else that's going on in that world. Mm. You can then just think about yourself, you know? Why is it that video games, and this happens all the time in open world video games, feel like they have to include something that explains every single facet of their universe? It's, uh, a, it's, a, it's a uniquely are... video game thing. that They, they just have to yeah. explain everything. It's, it's because a lot of games are written, I don't know, by people who like wikis. That's it, isn't it? Yeah. Every game is basically its own Wikipedia within the game itself. You speak to yeah. any Joe Blogs on the street in this video game, and you can learn about, like, who created the universe, or, or what fucking uh, the Sun King's doing over there. And it, it, it's just... Horizon Zero Dawn's the game that sort of made me realise that I don't care about that stuff anymore. I used to love reading wikis about games and like l- learning about different interest- intricacies of the of the game experience itself. And some games like Bloodborne or or, or Dark Souls makes the intrigue and the in the um, people misunderstanding about the game a it, part of it. I think it's it's done really well yeah. in those games. People learn the wrong lessons from Dark Souls. What do you mean? The Dark Souls is a game 
that has not very much explicit story, yeah. like I told you, but it's a game that has a lot of um has a lot of implication and a lot of its story is in like lore and like item descriptions and characters say cryptic things and there's a lot of environmental stuff. People that's don't it, where it's, where it's cryptic and environment part of the just part of the environment you can work it out yourself. Um, that's what I'm interested yeah. in it. But but I think developers saw this and were like, oh, people like lore, do they? Well, that yeah. means we can just, we don't need to tell a story. We can just put a load of stuff in a codex and people will love it. Or just have someone talk to you for an hour about some bollocks that no one cares about. Um, yeah. I like it when games like, when or in games like, I think Final Fantasy XIV does this quite well, uh, where they will mention something like, oh, they mentioned the great dragon song War. And... They'll go into you have the opportunity to go into it a little bit further, like learn a bit more about it. But a lot of the time, it's just like mentioned in passing, and then you you just know it's a big thing that happened, and you don't necessarily get to like properly experience that yourself. Whereas Horizon Zero Dawn just has some guy talking to you about like, mm. and you get to go, what does this mean? And he goes, well, it means blah 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 blah. And you're just like fucking, you've re- yeah. you forced someone into a voice recording booth to record everything about your world you're so mm. proud of this world you've created mm. you don't want anyone to miss any sort of detail that you you're so proud of and it's just like fucking give it a rest yeah just incidentally just let a world be to, incidentally respect to avatar for how well and efficiently it establishes key elements of a show in the first few episodes yeah avatars are really good sign of this because you don't know who you've most got, of the old avatars are avatar, it doesn't matter avatar, bending yeah four nations Agni Kai, um, all this stuff gets established in the first couple of episodes. Video games need to take a lesson from TV in making their story a bit more streamlined and not needing to explain everything about their fictional universe. All I'm saying is read, look at other things. Yeah, Don't absolutely. just look at other video games. Read a book. Read no, a book. No, not that book. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, God, just... just be more interesting with if you want me to care about the law of your world be more interesting with it let me discover it myself rather than just tell me all this shit about it it just feels so like masturbatory you know that's yeah. what that's what i, I meant that's... More, and ironically i could have more fun actually masturbating than listening to this uh... <laughs> This video game story. I've also seen like some companies <laughs> announce their game like there'll be so much lore for you to discover about this world. And I'm just like, that's a big turn off for me now. I was like, oh god, you care loads about your world, don't you? It's like something really big, important. Yeah. Thing. I, I remember um, a lot of RPGs used to advertise themselves back in the day of containing like a thousand novels worth of text. Who the fuck sits down to read a thousand novels? God, I know Halo as well. When we've been playing Halo Two, and you get those like you get to discover those. Those lore bits. I don't know if those are additions for a remaster. Well, you can still see them in like the old graphics, so maybe that's original as well. I don't know. But can you interact with them? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Could you interact with them in the original game? I can't. I don't. I'm not going to go back and check. I mean, the cutscenes are new, right? But whatever. But yeah, anything that like stops the game dead. To be like, look at how important this world is. Yeah, especially egregious in the Doom games, the new ones. A game all about like action, and you it gives you codex entries which you don't have to read, but like if you read, but if you care to read them, it stops a game fucking dead in its tracks. Yeah, for something that it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter, cool. Scott. Maybe if it's the only game you play and you really want to be invested so, in that world, it's the fine. only story you've ever been told. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, cool. 
That's the that's my space. that's my ending rant. If you want to, right. uh, please send a question to nerdandorgeek at gmail.com or tweet me at Cal my name. Um, those that's that's the best place to sort of like get your questions into us if you want us to answer them. Uh, this is the end of the show, the, our first live show. Yeah, uh, I think it's been all right. Thank you for listening, everyone. I'm gonna put it up on the YouTube yeah, as well. If you okay. want to watch the video version of this show, it's gonna be up on our YouTube. Uh, this week and it will be available through the normal podcast options which you will know because that's where you'll be listening to it uh, if you've got to that point if you are listening to this then please they rate might want us. to listen to it again Cal yeah maybe they will maybe well, I don't know oh please please rate us though. please rate us please leave a review uh, please subscribe hit the follow button if you're watching on YouTube please subscribe to the channel hit the follow button hit the little bell that lets you know when we're putting new videos out we really love doing this and I'd love for more people to be able to see the yeah. stuff that we do uh, we've got an Instagram as well You've got an Instagram which we post a lot of things to uh, if you want to see more about our nerd and or geek lives. Um, yeah, uh, this, this updates is on what we're doing. Ultimately, this is a show of just two guys chatting. Like the, the reason we do this show, I feel like I have to explain it. So the reason we do this show is to give me and Scott a reason to talk to one another. <laughs> but I also love it when people enjoy that stuff, and so I'd love for more people to sort of like see that and. Um, Yep. And get enjoyment out of it because people, I, I think people do like it. Uh, that's it. I've been Cal Dowdy. I've been Scott Hunter. See you in two weeks' time. Love you. Bye. Bye. I've um, I've I've, it's it's a dark day because yeah. I've used up my last cotton bud, which means I've got to buy more cotton buds. What do you use your cotton buds for? My ears. Oh, I guess. I know so. you're not meant to. I know yeah. it explicitly says on there, don't use these for your ears. But but you but you like I have to. I have to. You want to. Exactly. You feel I, it. I am... You need it. Exactly. I need to be using that for my ears because otherwise, I mean, it's. If I was gonna have itchy ears and like and like gross ears and all the wax will like build up. Did you prepare wait, this? Is this your like, spare of the moment? Or no, you this is this is spur of the moment. Fun, this is me topic today. <laughs> a fun little anecdote about the cotton. No, this was me just like five minutes ago before the stream started using my last cotton bud and realizing, oh, my cotton buds Damn. are gone now. What am I gonna What am I gonna do? Do you have anything, any sort of like little thing that you get sad of when you <laughs> when you use it all up? Um, uh, yeah, like beard balm. Uh, that's I use. Uh, I'm 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 so bad at using beard balm. Uh, I like the balm. So I use, I do have a little bit of oil, but I like I prefer the balm, where you got thick yeah. beard hair like mine. Yeah, that's um, true. You have got a big old beard. I've got a big be old beard, and my hair's quite thick, quite uh, quite wiry. So it needs like a a, a balm that can um that can really hold. And yeah, I'm, and yeah, also I'm... it's because my local the the shop nearest to me stopped stocking it, so I've got to go all the way to the Sainsbury's to get it. Oh, that sounds bad. Yeah, I Wait, mean, so so how far away is the Sainsbury's? Oh, it's like it's it's not across the street. It is like a fifteen-minute walk. Which beard balm do you use? Uh, I use Bulldog. Nice. Uh, I I think I also use Bulldog. Yeah, I tried because and I'm I'm not shopping like specialist stores and just shopping at my supermarket. Uh, Bulldog, I like better. It smells like green tea, which I like. I tried for what's it called, the Brisk brisk brand but those balms are they set a bit hard especially in the winter and you've got to like melt them down in your hands whereas the bulldog one is like a cream
Yeah, it like, is. Like, nice like, and easy to work dab, with. Dab a few, dab a bit in your hands, rub it together in your hands, and then put it on put yeah. it on the beard. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's how I do it anyway. But I've not got a big beard like you. Yeah, and I've got um, I've got a beard. I comb it as well. I've got a beard comb. Do you? Are you one of those people? And I'm going to ask this question without judgment at yeah. first. <laughs> okay. Depending on your answer. Uh, are you one of those people who will bring a beard comb with him where he goes and sort of just comb it in public places? No. Okay, you're good then. I'll, t- I'll take <laughs> okay, it on, good. on an overnight... Because I hate those people. No, on an overnight trip I'll take it. I won't comb it just Oh randomly. yeah, sure, but you're, I... you're not going to be like sat on the bus no. or like sat in the cinema or something just combing your beard. Uh, though, no, I comb it in the morning. Because there are people who do that. No. There are people who do that and it's gross. Because like, you think about all the stuff they've got in their you're, beard. You're like a, a 1950s greaser just combing their hair. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what are you doing? Um, it's, I mean, that's that's. I mean, look, there's there's many things that people do that I dislike. Yeah, I know. <laughs> don't, don't, we've I know we've been over this. <laughs> don't you know? We've been over this before. Uh, I've got better at it in uh, sort of like letting these people do their thing in intervening years, and it's, it's I'm slowly sort of like getting there, but. There are still like many things where I'm just sort of like, oh, I don't know. Stop doing that, please. Please stop doing that. I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with this, but it's a it's a thing. <laughs> are there any things that you that people do? What sort of what 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 grinds you, Scott? What what gets to you when, I think, when people like we do had things? this question before? Uh, so I don't, I don't like it when my neighbours smoke and I can smell their cigarettes. Oh smoke. yeah. I'm not sure if that was on a Twitch stream or something. Um, I don't was know. that on a podcast? Maybe. I can't remember. I had a real moment uh, of rage. Like, I literally, I didn't shout at him, but I did shout to myself in my room because the leaf blower <laughs> man was outside my window again. Yeah. Blowing his I've leaves. Been ha- yeah. When I, was, when I was working from home, and I'm no longer working from home, which is great, but when I was working from home, um, there was... It felt like every other week, either the leaf blower or, like, the... the uh, the tree cutter or bush cutter, like obviously we've got some we've got some gardens in our flats area, and so they need to keep those gardens up kept, which is which is good, and we pay them a lot of money to do that. But it's, it just felt like every every other week it was just something that was like just really loud and droning and sort of getting distracting me from work and things. I hated it. <laughs> yeah, um, especially I feel like a lot of people stopped being considerate to people working from home. I'm just assuming that you're yeah, not. Yeah, they did very, very quickly. Yeah, like it's 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 very much gone back to now. Just assuming Sorry, that just, you're not just adjusting my adjusting my cough guard here on my mic. Sorry for a little bit of feedback there. Sorry, uh, right. uh, yeah, you've got a, a specific cough guard. No, no, I mean I'm talking about what's it called? The pop pop guard, pop filter. Oh, okay, pop, pop filter, cough guard. Maybe. You know what I mean? <laughs> it doesn't cough, doesn't guard from coughs at all. No, but I mean it would sound worse if you didn't have the uh, the thing on do you reckon yeah because then i don't so how i don't know how much i've got a pop filter as well but i don't know how much it actually does to uh, so, stop. so when you speak you spit yep. you, usually you spit um and if that it's spit like impacts a microphone that will create more sound oh okay so, uh, that's so what the pop, the pop guard for. catches the little bits of spit and stops them from like colliding with microphone I always assumed that the pop filter was just so, like some sort of sound thing. So when you were going like pop, 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 like in the, the way you say pop or something, it would stop that sort of pop from your from yeah, your the, sound the, of your voice. But the, but the reason why it will do that is because it will filter, like it will catch the spit drops. Oh, that's, that's what really right, gets okay. like the little pops. We're all learning something. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? That's, isn't that nice? Uh, how are you doing, by the way? Uh, we'll ask this in a proper pod as well, but give me some sort of like general. <laughs> how are you doing? Give, yeah, me, give like, me a sort of feel of um, how you 
Yeah, I'm okay. What's change? I'm. I don't know. I feel a bit like on edge. I don't. Hmm. Okay. I'm. I'm not sure. I've got a general sense of unease. I get that. I, I, it's, it, you don't have an explanation for it. It's just a sort of feeling of like, oh, what's gonna, what's going on right now? Like that. Is that what you mean? Yeah, exactly. I'm, it's because I'm nervous. I've got absolutely zero reason to be nervous about phoning my supervisor next Tuesday. Like, zero. It's fine. <laughs> it's completely routine. For some reason, I am nervous about it, though. Uh, yeah. So how often, how often do you speak to your supervisor? Like, every month. Okay, so and you're just... What's... Hmm, is, it, is it a case that, like, you've not done enough work in, in between? Well, I always feel unsure? like I've not is done it... enough work, but I just think, I don't know, <laughs> whatever. I, um, I continue to do... In terms of like extracurricular stuff, because I finished my um, remember I was doing that that mm. oh, what's it called that that qualification for like the team leader qualification. Oh yeah, did that happen? I've submitted all the work. I've submitted all the work finally. Uh, mm-hmm. I took a break when 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 lockdown happened, um, but I finally submitted it all, and I continue to sort of like just do everything up to the minute, last mm. minute. Like okay, I'm not going to do anything for weeks, and then very last minute, I'm going to cram as much in as possible, and that's like the wrong way to <laughs> approach things. Yeah. And not, yet it always succeeds, not and change. I never learn anything from Cal, it. you say it always succeeds. I remember you at college. I remember how your A-levels turned out. Oh, no, they didn't turn out well, but I've turned out well. <laughs> or I, I'm doing all right, even in spite of that. You I know? guess like, so, yeah. Like, I, I've not... Nothing has ever really specifically held me back from going on and just doing something. And maybe that's white male syndrome. I don't I don't know. Uh, probably. Let's be honest. Uh, but I, at no point I ever lear- have I ever had to learn the lesson of doing that is the wrong way of doing it. Do you, ever, sure. do you, ever, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, like, do, it, I no, do know nothing, what you mean. Nothing has ever said to you, to me, oh, if you had just done that differently, things would have turned out better. Sure. You know, that's, that's Maybe how I Maybe you just anyway. don't really have an imagination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe. You can't the imagine a better my life, life in this one. <laughs> I don't want to imagine a better life than this one, because otherwise, this otherwise I will I will you have to learn that. a lesson. Okay, cool. Uh, what was I going to say? No, <laughs> if no, I don't I, think I, about I, it. I don't have to learn. Yeah, I, I think it's just like the heat really wiped me out. Like I can't work in the heat. Yeah. it's horrible. No. We had a horrible heat wave. Um, that was a miserable time. Yeah, I hey, just I... wanted it to end. I wanted to die, and now it's cooler again. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's going to get hot in this room for me. Uh, Roll very, on, very autumn. quickly. Roll on the Halloween. Yeah, please hurry up. Like a heat wave in while we while everyone's still sort of like staying home and not doing anything. Well, Cal, and, as they should, as they should. Cal, I know people are going out and doing. We're things. at home and not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> but other people are not so quite so considerate. I've I've, I've been. I went out to get breakfast in a quite independent place the other weekend. And that's the first time I've gone out and actually done like a a thing like that. You know, we looked up beforehand what their what their policies and everything were and made sure it would be quiet before going there. And they seem they, they had like things on the wall about how they'd done all their training to protect customers' safety and things and so it was it was very that was alright. That was my first time doing it, but I still felt very anxious about it and I'm not planning to do another one of those <laughs> until maybe my birthday. We'll we'll see. When do you re- when do we reach a point where I could stop feeling like a dick doing that sort of thing? Um, I know. I feel like because we we have empathy for other human beings, we will always feel bad while there's coronavirus in the UK. But the government doesn't give a shit. 
because I, I don't know if employees, these employees, like what they're thinking now. Yeah, you know, I'm sure they're thinking. I don't want to ask don't, them. I don't want to be here, but I must, otherwise I will be fired. That is true. Yeah, but if like I said, if it's an independent place where the people working there have a greater, so a, a greater sort of like, um, what what's the word I'm looking for? You know where? Well, a greater say. Well, we don't know if that is the case. Uh, not a greater say, but like a greater sort of like um, they've they've got a bigger connection to the work they're doing because it's it's like they're part of it more than if it's like a corporation. Like the workers in Weatherspoons obviously definitely will hate to be there because they they get they see nothing from the success of Weatherspoons. But like an independent place, you know, do you know what I'm saying? I don't. I, I, <laughs> do people, I know what I'm saying? I I don't know. But keep in mind, they have to also like in a position of like, well, the the furlough scheme's ending, uh, so either yeah. I have to reopen or my business is over. So that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll continue feeling bad about it. I'll, I'll continue. I'll make sure I continue to go. If I do go to a one, I'll go when it's quiet and they're not going to be put at risk by my being there. Yes. I'm safe anyway. My, my, my girlfriend's a nursing because she gets tested every week, so I know that I have no coronavirus. Because <laughs> uh, if she if she comes up positive with having it, that means I have it. <laughs> Probably, so, like like logically thinking, log- logically speaking. 